I'm Jason Demaselli, Director of Bands at McNeil High School in Austin, Texas. Welcome to Sketchbook Podcast, a discussion about creativity, preparation, and effort with artists, creators, and educators. As always, I'm your host, Daniel Montoya Jr., Jason DiMicelli, right? Sure. Can I say it that way? Uh, sure. But you have to hold the hand. Uh, you can't see me at home. I'm doing the, the hand thing, right? The universal Italian thing. The symbol. universal, yeah. That makes it easier for me to order Italian food. You know, me too. Me too. <laughs> does, your, when, does your daughter, we won't say her name unless you say it, does she come home and go, Daddy, Daddy, and she does the hand thing? No, she kind of just goes upstairs. <laughs> How old is your daughter now? 16. You do not have a 16-year-old I do, I do. Holy moly. I was just thinking today, the last time I was at your house, humble brag, um, (laughs) your daughter came in and she must have been like, I mean, she was little. Yeah. And she told me that she liked to eat her crackers with uh, goat cheese upside down because it touched her tongue first. Yeah. 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 That's that's the last thing I remember about your daughter. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that, and you sent me a photo of her wearing your shirt. Oh, gosh. The shirt. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting is I was going to do a shirt for you this year and then they canceled school. Um, so can you describe the process of this shirt or, or how it started or any of that, Jason, for the listeners at home? Okay. If you remember. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about I it. I do. This had to be, gosh, at least 10 years ago for, for Band Banquet. Our, our color guard got this uh, ridiculous picture, <laughs> this Photoshop picture of uh, a chef with a big face of mine on there uh-huh. with the leaning tower of pizza in the background and and you walk <laughs> you look <laughs> into my office one day and you said that is the best thing i've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. and uh and then you had me take a picture holding that picture with my face mm-hmm. and then what a couple years later a couple years later a couple years later you you just dropped by school one day and you said i have something for you and of course i'm like oh gosh <laughs> And it's this T-shirt of the picture of me holding the picture uh-huh, uh-huh. of me. Yes. And I guess there'll be another. There would be. There would okay. have been. It would, this would have been the year of a picture, another shirt of you hold, wearing a shirt holding the picture of you. Yes. It's very Inception. And so my daughter wears it on occasion. Does she still wear it? Really? She wears it on occasion. Yeah. Wow. She wears the big version, right? The extra large or no it's a medium I, I gave her a small one right or something oh, no, like she it. wears i mean she's adult size now she's like five, she's like five seven <laughs> she's adult yeah. size now she's a real human being um why was i in your band hall jason that doesn't make any sense <laughs> uh that was uh back whenever uh, you used to arrange for it what wait a minute used to that word gets thrown around so rarely here used i was thinking about how i was going to start this off and I, was say, <laughs> I knew it i was gonna say jason you're one of the only programs who has ever fired me twice. And then, and then you would go, well, we also hired you I was going to say, twice. we also hired you twice. But the, I started thinking, I was like, nope, there's that one. So I think there's like half a dozen programs that have actually come back um, to it. And you do have the opportunity to be the first one to come back for the third time. We can just we can just announce it now if you'd like. Uh, we are very happy with I'm our sure, current arranger. I'm sure. How many shirts has your current arranger given you? Uh, <laughs> none. Mm, what about the arranger you fired me for initially? Um, how many arrange- shirts did that person give you? Uh, um... None, none. Okay, I just want to. I just want to clarify. How many times has either of those arrangers been to your house? Uh, our current one has been to my house three times. Okay, that's about, about as much as me. I think. I think we're even. Okay. Well, whatever. How many times have they come and had lunch at your your band hall in your office? No lunch. Oh, okay. But All we right. but we did do dinner at my house. Yeah, it's messed yeah. up. All right. I'm just I'm just trying to I'm trying to to, to paint the picture here that I'm 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 just I'm better. 
at, at, at <laughs> social life, social interactions with the MacNeil band. I don't, I, I don't think anyone doubts your social <laughs> capabilities. Um, Jason, what is the mascot of the MacNeil High School? The Mavericks. Um, can we talk about your mascot? Is that a subject we can broach? Uh, sure. Um, sure. You have a lifelike mascot of oh a Maverick. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, how, how did... <laughs> Uh, I remember the first time <laughs> you came to a game. Okay, so for everyone, it's this, whenever the, whenever the team scores, there's this um, life-size um, ceramic or, I guess, um, horse that's on this, that's, that's on this uh, platform. And so they wheel it and they just go across the sideline. And it is, but then they, they lift it up. Mm-hmm. So it's on its hind legs and it is anatomically correct. <laughs> And so <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, he comes to the game and they score a touchdown and his jaw drops. <laughs> How many football games did your other Rangers go to, by the way? Uh, none. They, oh, okay. are, they are not local. That doesn't matter. Okay. One was out of state. That, was, that would have been kind of hard. No, no, that's not commitment. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty committed. I'd like to go into the Montoya Bowls when McNeil played Westwood. Guess what? They both fired me. That's okay. You, you handled it better than certain programs did. Um, so, Mr. DiMichelli, you're from Houston, huh? I am from you, Houston. Houston or Houston? Houston. Houston. Am I just wrong that people don't pronounce it Houston? <clears throat> I, I think you're confusing Umble. Oh, and Udo? Yeah, no, makes sense. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, where did you go to high school? I mean, I know where you went to high school, but people don't know at home. I went to Eisenhower High School. Is that Dwight Eisenhower? It is Dwight D. Eisenhower High and School. And who was your high school band director? I had several. Oh, did school. you? I did. Oh, I only remember the one. Uh, no, I had several. So okay. my, my freshman year uh, was uh, Greg Goodman. That's right. And uh-huh. Mary Santorelli okay. and John Hinojosa. Okay. And then uh, Greg and Mary left after mm-hmm. that year. Did they go to Pflugerville? Or is that where Greg went next? No, Greg went up to Georgetown before he went to Dickinson. Oh, geez. Oh, okay. I forget. You're a little older than me. This is... I, yeah, gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yes. Just, just maybe yeah. like a year or two. I think so. All right. Um, and then I believe that's when Mary went down to Dickinson. She was there a long time until this, like a year ago mm-hmm. um, where I, with John. Uh, and then we had Ken Wilbanks come in my sophomore year. And then Brian Sedatal came in as head director. Um, and other teachers I had were uh, Kelly Parks, or I guess Kelly Kading, and she's remarried now. And I also had Dean Ponsetti, who's now at, yeah, at uh, Judson. Judson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first job for Daniel Galloway was uh, the third director uh, teaching me and really? some others. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I had a lot of band directors. At, at, and what, what school district is Eisenhower? It is in the Aldine Independent School oh, District. Oh, you're from Aldine. Huh? I am. All right. So is, is Mike Howard's wife Amber from Aldine or is it A-Leaf? I think she's A-Leaf. I don't know. A-Leaf is different than Aldine, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's on the other side of town. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Houston's big. Houston's big. Um, what other people that I would know or that the listeners would know went to high school with you in Eisenhower? Oh, wow. We had, um, man, we had quite a few, mm, sure. actually. Okay. We did. Uh, let's see. I, well, I guess we'll go from oldest, uh, Terry McKinney. Terry McKinney. Terry McKinney. That's right. Percussionist extraordinaire. Went to UT, taught at Westwood for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's a uh, principal in the Baton Rouge Symphony. That's what plays he plays a lot with the Houston Symphony as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, also teaches lessons up in, uh, the Woodlands area. Oh, okay. And, uh, let's see. We also had, um, Dr. Cliff Crooms. Dr. Clifford Crooms, who we have spe- uh, talked about many times as our black friend. He's my best friend in the world. Is he? Is he yeah. your only black friend, Jason? Uh, no, no. Oh, I'll get you. I forgot we know. I'll get you. <laughs> no, there we I'll go. So, so Cliff, Cliff and uh, Terry. We mentioned Terry. Okay. Yeah. So 
All right, continue. All right, yeah, you getting uncomfortable, Jason? No, I'm not. I'm good. We no. talk. We talk. We talk real here. We keep it real. And it's not like it's any different than than when we don't have microphones. <laughs> in front of us. So we also had. I don't know if you know Andreas Aya. Oh my God, yeah. I love that guy. Yes, yeah. uh, strong bad fame. Uh, it, it's it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, he was at Alvin. Now he's at he's SFA. at Stephen of Austin. Yeah, he was Portland. a Cavalier. Went to UT. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. once Cavalier, always Cavalier. That's true. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah, uh, mm. and then Doctor Brett Richardson. Brett Richardson? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. He went to school with you? He's a year a year to the day younger than me, yeah. No way. Yeah. You know what's so weird is he seems so much older than you. You know, yeah. <laughs> Maybe because you're like, he's a doctor and he's teaching at... at but he's also, like, he's also like 12 years old at the same time. <laughs> he is, the, the, the more weight he loses, the younger he sends to the like, oh, you're such a nerd. You know, yeah. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah, so I was in a high school band with all those guys. That's crazy. And um, <clears throat> all of them are doctors except for you, right? Uh, Is Terry McKinney a doctor? uh, He might be. I feel like he he might be. He might be. Um, And then Dr. Clifford. I guess I'm just... Oh, no, Dre. Oh, Dre, Dre, Dre. That's right, that's right. So you two are just band directors. We're the runs of the litter, I guess. That's right. Golly, (laughs) you haven't done anything. Um, uh, So why did you decide to go to the University of Texas at Austin? I know why. I mean, come Um, on. Um, But why did you pick that school? Were there any other options? What was the deal with that? um, I actually... Oh, man. Uh, I wanted to go into music. Um, in high school, my parents did not want me to go into music. So I was originally accepted in mechanical engineering to UT. Wow. At UT. So mm-hmm. you're, you, you were smart, <laughs> right? Uh, at one point? You said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you are what instrument player, by the way? I'm a trumpet player. Trumpet player. That doesn't, that's so weird. You do not have the personality type for that. I appreciate that. You, know, you and Levi, I think, are like anti-trumpet players. Um, I, unless I mean, you know I a different Levi than I. No, do, I, I know Levi. Yes, yes. Um, wow. Okay, that's weird. Anyway, continue. You're so you're such a nice guy, and you're humble, and you're like Evan Van. Evan doesn't make sense to be a trumpet player either. Um, I don't know. I I, I learned my trumpet professor was uh, the great uh, Ray Crisera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of that was his vibe too. Was uh, wow. he was just the nicest human being mm-hmm. on the planet. So. You, you learn a lot from your teachers. Makes sense. So you, you went to UT for mechanical engineering? Did you start that way or not? Um, I I got accepted there. And then I was, the whole time I was like, mom, dad, like, I, I want to be a band director. I want to mm-hmm. do it. And they mm-hmm. thought it was a phase. And so, <laughs> and so whenever finally uh, they knew that, that it was, uh, it wasn't going to go away. Mm-hmm. Then they, then my mom, she was like, okay, uh, well, you can switch, but don't, don't, don't do the music yet. Do undeclared, and then maybe you'll. I don't mm-hmm. know. She was going to see if I was going to change my mind. Right, but right. No, and then I, you know, I auditioned for drum corps, and then I think at that point she knew I was like I was serious, mm-hmm. and so then then I just had to get into the trumpet studio with the Mister Cressera, and that was easy, right? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, the trump, the trumpet studio, especially back then, was right pretty stout. Yeah. yeah. Now back then, um, who were the band directors at UT? Obviously, Jerry Junkin was still there. But. Yeah, Jerry Junkin. So the director of Longhorn Band was Paula Kreider. You're that old. Wow. Yeah. I was talking to Damon Gonzalez, whose episode may or may not air, and um, <laughs> he was like, "Oh, Kevin Sedatol," and I was like, "Oh my god, that's right!" But you're even further than I that. Had, I had Kevin as well. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but I was never. In, I did Longhorn Band for two years, and so Miss um, Kreider's last year, I think, okay, uh, was my last year. Wow. In band, and then. Dr. Mm-hmm. Sedatol came nice. in. Yeah. And then we also had to see Mark Belsick was there, but then Greg Martin was there. Not familiar, um, but that's okay. It's okay. I was, I was um, having a great time at Southwest Texas at the time. 
I mean, not that you didn't have a great time, but I had a really good time. We had a good time. It took me six and a half years. That's how good of a time I had at Southwest Texas. Um, So you mentioned the Cavaliers, or you mentioned Drum Corps. I did mention Drum Corps. But we're going to talk about the Cavaliers now. You marched the Cavaliers. I did. The the We Are the Cavaliers, the Men of the Cavaliers. What's the song? We Are the the Corps of the Cavaliers. The Corps of the Cavaliers. That's right. Um, I always, (laughs) I don't, I, I make fun of it so much. I don't even know what the truth is anymore. Did you do Shoop or not? I did. That's right. In you fact, did shoop. Shoop. Uh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, so that was fun. Um, I just say that show was ahead of its time. You know what it really is. It, it, it really was. Um, I mean, we maybe just weren't very good. It, so it didn't really matter what the design was. Um, right, right. right. Uh, but I, so Michael James, he he's a designer for our Winter Guard now. Okay. And so, but Michael James also did all the shoop choreography okay. uh, back then in 1997. Oh, the Firebird. The Firebird show, yeah. And so I just remember this one time we were rehearsing in California and... Uh, I'm this new guy and I'm just trying not to be noticed at all. And, but you know, I, it's like, I wanted to really, really prove myself. And so I was just going after it, like, uh, you know, 100%. And then we, we finished the rep of just the opening choreography. And then Michael James says, what's his number? Or she he says my number. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he said, what's your name? And I said, Jason, and he said, Jason, will you do it for the entire core? <laughs> and I was like, oh, goodness. And then so I did. And he was like, yeah. And it was a good moment for me. He's like, everybody needs to commit like Jason is. And I was like, oh, gosh. I was just trembling. In fact, I'm trembling like right now. Like <laughs> reliving it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 97. Did you march with Clifford Crooms? Uh, he, came, he did 98. Uh, Manuel Maldonado? He was 99. Oh. Um, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, now, is Pete Weber your age? Or he's younger? Uh, Pete, no, Pete's a year older than me. So Pete was my drum major my first okay, two years. That's where yeah, it was. Yeah. P- uh, Peter Weber, mm-hmm. famed drill designer, orchestra band, orchestra director now of sorts. Okay. So he was drum major for Shoop. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. I, I don't know why I get, I get the timelines mixed up because my brother marched in 01 and 02 and I don't rem- mm-hmm. you know, there's just, all of y'all marched in this, this era of mm-hmm. the Cavaliers because y'all are of certain ages, right? Yes. Did you only march one year? I marched three years. Oh, 97, 98, 99? Yes, I call them the setup years. You, they, I was about to say, so you set them up, the setup men, yeah. right, as, as it is in baseball. Yeah. So you, you have this history of oh, being a quote-unquote <laughs> setup person. You, you like to say that you, Jason Demoselli, personally made Pete Weber and me, right? I mean, uh, uh, you made our careers. I don't know if I personally did. <laughs> I said, uh, writing for McNeil... You're, I don't know, after one year writing for McNeil, it's kind of when y'all took off. Yeah, but. yeah. So so we should thank you and Travis and and, and Miss Pritchard. Uh, you can if you want. Ian Smith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so everyone out there, you can thank Jason one way or the other, <laughs> uh, for better or for worse, for my career on that. Um, what's it like having yet another Louisiana grad as your percussion teacher? You know, it's just normal. Probably normal. I, I, it's... Um, it, my for the last this is my 16th year at oh my McNeil. God, that's right. Yeah, and your, your bio's out of uh, out of uh, date. Sorry, it's fine. Uh, and we've always had an LSU grad on there, so it's just it's not like uh, it's just you go to work and there's LSU around. So right. So yeah. was it a fun week that uh, leading up to the game? Uh, I mean, it had to be the UT LSU game, right? Oh, oh, that game. Um, was there a different? Game I thought you meant the national championship game. Oh, well, I, I mean, working with an LSU grad, it's. Every week is an LSU week. <laughs> um, but the UT LSU, no, it was I, I, at that point in the season. You know, both teams were supposed to be good. Nobody knew how good LSU was going to be. I mm-hmm. think maybe people thought 
Texas is going to be better than they, they ended up being. We, we always think Texas is going to be better. Than so at that be. point, things were kind of balanced out. Right. And so, uh, you know, very, it was second week of the, of the yeah. year. And so, uh, no, it was, I think we were quite realistic and, and very, uh, I guess, both humble about about things right because it yeah. could go either way right because joe burrow hadn't become joe burrow yet because i as a as a as a ut fan i learned a, <laughs> and growing up as a houston sports fan I, you know i i've 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 uh learned that you can't talk crap until like the end of the last game that's that's interesting that you mentioned that um being a houston sports fan <laughs> um was it painful to listen to me and ogechi talk about houston sports uh no because um I, it wasn't like that was the first time I, uh, I had gone through that in my head. What, um, what's the worst Houston sports, uh, cut that you've experienced in your life? What do you mean? Oh, you mean like the deepest? Yeah. Like the deepest cut for a Houston sports team. Uh, it's probably, uh, what happened to the Astros recently or, or the, um, the, the, the first bills. (laughs) I was going to say, I was going (laughs) to say, <laughs> yeah, go back and oh my god, the Oilers were so good. Oh gosh, what was, it was a thirty-something point lead. It was a thirty. I think it was a thirty-five to nothing lead, and they ended up losing thirty-eight, thirty-five, or forty-one, thirty-eight, something. Oh like that. god, so that was that. You carried that for a long time. Oh my gosh, yes. And then you felt like you had avenged well, it, it was, avenged that, right? Well, I don't know. It, that one hurt really bad because a few years later they were gone. Yeah, that's true. They went to Tennessee. Oh, yeah, awful, awful. And then what was the most recent? Is it playoffs against the Bills? Or yes, that was. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the divisional round. Division. That was la- not last because this that, year they lost was... to the Chiefs, right? I'm confused. Oh, never mind. Oh no, no, no. It was the Bills. Yes. We'll have to edit all this. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not going to edit this out. <laughs> no, we. This year was they, the Chiefs. No, they did. They did actually. They beat the Bills. That's right. Yeah. This and year. that. Oh, that was right. Yeah. You, y'all had. Like, that's why. Because I was because like, oh, we everybody. Were, they got to heal. This was the game that yeah. healed them, only to be that's get right. another cut. The because next I week. had family who was a Bills fan, and oh. they were just really just I don't know, talking crap after afterward. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, too soon. Oh too soon. god. But I didn't talk any crap because I was like, I know how that felt. Because you know, a long time ago. So, um, how'd you feel about them? almost quote unquote beating the chiefs, but then not. Um, obviously it didn't feel good. The, the thing that was different about this time was their, their lead was really early (laughs) and, and then the comeback started early. It Mm. wasn't like a Mm -hmm. last minute kind of deal. So you saw it, it was like a slow drip. Gotcha. The whole time. Um, so and at better. that point, you know, having been an, an experienced Houston fan, I was like, I know what's going to happen. So it, was, it wasn't a shock. <laughs> right. Yeah. But okay. then like the next day is when the Astros news. So let, let's talk about the, the Houston. You're wearing a Houston shirt. I am. I'm wearing my Astros shirt. Yeah. Is this a Astros on the back? Well, it's just a Houston. Astros. Yeah. It's in the colors. It's yeah. in the, um, yeah. man, <laughs> we all know everyone cheats. Let's just put that out there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Why do you think the Ashers are getting picked on so much? Oh man, that's um, because they're because they're not saying them sorry. They're sorry or what? No, um, honestly, I think it's maybe a few reasons. I think number one, uh, they're really good. Sure. They so are. if it mm-hmm. were you know the Marlins doing it, it probably <laughs> wouldn't be mm-hmm. that big mm-hmm. of a deal. I think that's that that's a big reason. I also. I think it's because they are not the Yankees and not the Red Sox and right. not the Dodgers. That's I think that's another big one. Sure. So, um, and I guess, you know, the way that they did it, um, I don't know. I, I, 
I guess it just rubbed a lot of them the wrong way. Mm-hmm. We can really go down this rabbit hole because Let's I have lo- lots of opinions on all this. But I'm yeah. sure you do. You're, you're, but yeah. you're, you're a native, so do you feel it's personal? <clears throat> I, I, I feel it personally. Uh-huh. Um, I, I feel bad for the players. I really do. Sure. Even the ones that cheated? Yeah. Because guys who used PEDs didn't get it this bad. Yes. And, I, I think and, and, right. and that to me is much, much worse. Because that affected everyone's next contract. It affected. Uh, I mean, it, it, it just affected the entire mm-hmm. the, the entire sport. Right. Right. So. I um, do. You, do you agree with the people who who say that yes, everyone cheats, but their cheating went too far? Maybe. Um, I would say yeah, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, whenever I say I feel bad for the players, it's because people are taking it way too far. Like their gotcha. their okay. their families are getting like their lives threatened and sure. everything. I'm like, sure. come on, people. Yeah, it's just baseball. Yeah. I see. Okay. All right. I hear you. Well, let's talk about um, better times. Let's talk about UT football. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd like your reaction when I say the following. Okay. Okay. Vince Young. Awesome. That's very good. Michael Crabtree. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, right? It was more... It's either... It's it's either Michael Crabtree or Blake Gideon. That's I don't know. Yes, because yeah. he dropped the, the yeah. interception. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's awful. Because the game over if he would have just yeah kept it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty seven twenty five. Do you know that one? I know it. Oh wait, you're gonna have to remind me on that one. Uh, Justin Tucker. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you're expressing change too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, oh yes. Yeah, yeah. A sweet victory, right? Yeah, over the, was, uh, yeah. Little brother, basically. Yeah. Poor guys. Oh, well. Um, Charlie Strong. I liked Charlie Strong. Agree? Yeah. No, I did. I felt um, he was he was a, he was the right coach at the time, mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah. because he got rid of a lot of the entitlement. I'll agree with that. And, uh, I, and I really, and in fact, I adopted a lot of what I, you know, as a teacher, what I saw him do, just like his core values and, mm-hmm. and kind of non-negotiables. Yeah, so. I agree. Just just didn't do it on the field. It didn't, and, and you know, it is a it's a performance business, and there's a lot of money going around, and yeah. So yeah, that's right. Um, it's one thirty two p.m. and OU still sucks. Yes, there we go. I just yeah. I, was, I was just like <laughs> I thought you were going to follow. No, up to, okay. no, 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 no. no. I wanted, yeah, uh, you're right. They do. They do. They they still do. Contrary to popular belief, just because you go to the playoffs every year doesn't mean you you don't suck. Um, you are a native Texan. And I'd like to know your thoughts on the following. Okay. okay. But I'm going to start off with a different question. Okay. Favorite Italian food. And you can't say your own. Oh. <laughs> Didn't you say that the best uh, Alfredo sauce is Olive Garden once? Or am I just... No, no, no. I said, I said that's what they do. Like, that's the best thing they do. That's the best thing they do. Okay. I think so. Doesn't mean, which, it, doesn't mean it's great. It just means that's the best thing they do. Uh, no, but in, in Alfredo, which it really makes me mad when Italian restaurants do not have a good Alfredo sauce, because that just means they're cheating. Because <laughs> it's, it's the simplest thing in the world. Is it? To make. But my favorite Italian food, I mean... To be honest, I don't eat out Italian a lot because I, 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 I would imagine because I cook it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I discovered recently um, uh, Botticelli's. Oh, on South Congress. Oh, I'm yeah. not aware. It's like right next to the uh, Continental Club. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, all handmade stuff. It's great. I thought you were going to say Fazoli's, but you know, <clears throat> um, is Fazoli's the best fast food Italian restaurant? Uh, Are they the only one? I can't. I can't. <laughs> I mean, we 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 like we have to cater that for the band. Oh now. no! And the kids love it. Oh, no, they don't know any better, right? You're right. Yeah, it's like people who eat a Chewy's or Torchies. 
<laughs> we can, all they right. just don't know any better. Well, you know, I've been thinking about this one. I knew Have this was going to come up. Yeah. All right, all right. So I say favorite taco, breakfast, yeah. lunch, or dinner. Now, you're from Houston, yeah. which I think probably has better tacos than Austin. But um, The taco scene, to, at least in my life, mm-hmm. changed um, in the last 20 years, okay. right? And I've been in Austin. You have? Yeah, I've been in Austin since 96. 1996. Except, for, like, wait. except for the one year I went to Houston. That's yeah. right, which, yeah. which we'll talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I think honestly, my favorite tacos, uh-huh. I like Harding Corona. You, and yes, yes. You took me there once and I must've got a dish that I, that just didn't sit well with me. I need yeah. to go back. It happens yeah. at Mexican restaurants. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh, hey. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna have to try that again. Um, I'll, is there a specific one? Uh, okay. What we do is every, every game day uh-huh. morning, um, Chris McCarthy will, he'll, he'll go by there and he'll pick up their Supreme breakfast tacos. Mm. And it kind of has anything you would possibly put into a breakfast taco. Yeah. It's in this taco. Oh, it's like a, they call it a hippo down in the Houston area. Oh, I don't know. You see, it's like bacon, egg, chorizo, cheese, like just everything that is breakfast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, refried it's, beans. Yes, refried beans. Supreme breakfast taco. Yeah, supreme All breakfast right, taco, and it's like three seventy. Are they still open? <laughs> they just—they actually in the last week they got a—they built—they moved into a new location right there at uh, one eighty three in Anderson Mill. Okay, because they were were they off of Pond Springs? In they're, they're right on Pond Springs. That's right. Because yeah. uh, we are recording this. This is uh, one of the uh, famed Corona tapes. That will we'll hear right. later, on, Harding later Cor- on. Harding, Harding Corona. Corona. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Okay, so that so why don't you give me your take on torchies then? Since you were ready for this, apparently. Um. Yes, Jason. It depends. What? How do you define a taco? Well, I call that place just like a velvet taco or whatever. They're mm-hmm. fusion tacos, right? Okay. Kind of like Hop Dotty is with hamburgers. So right. I don't consider them to be an authentic taco place. That's the way I feel about it. But I guess if you put food between tortillas, I was going to say that's kind of the way right? it is. So yeah, yeah. and uh, I think uh, in the same way, you know, pizza. If you don't put traditional Italian toppings on a pizza, is it a pizza? I don't know. Like do people, you know, whatever. If you like, if you like it, mm-hmm. and you put it on a flat bread with sauce, right? Then is it? Can you? I'm not going to say the word. Can you say the name of the white cheese that starts with an M? Man, wait, wait. Is, is it, it white? It looks white. M O Z. Oh. Do you want me to say it with my fingers? Yes, okay. I do want you to say, say it the correct way. Mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you say other things like that, like pepperoni or anything no. like that? Um, how, how much of a stereotype is Mario and Luigi? Are they they pretty bad? <laughs> no? You know, these are just no, Super I, Mario Brothers? I, I mean, I guess I see people uh, who maybe look like them. So yeah, they, <laughs> they, 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 they did a good job making those guys. Good, good, good. So back to Torchies. Okay, so Torchies, I mean, if you like the food that's in it, then yeah, I, I like some of their stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't consider them at all to be Mexican tacos. Word. Like Taco Bell, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Do you like Taco Deli? I do. I prefer Taco Deli to Torchies. I like their steak tacos. Oh, all right. We're going to do that. Um, what about Chewies? Um, I, I probably eat Chewies about every two years. Okay. Um, when family comes down? No. <laughs> you don't take them there. No, uh, my wife and daughter, uh, they like Chewy's. It used to be like a first day of school thing that we would take oh. her. Um, uh-huh. Of course, I had marching band rehearsals. Of course, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and no, I think it's, a, I get their Southwest enchiladas, the Southwestern enchiladas. Sure. Whenever I get that. Okay. So. All right, whatever. Uh, Trudy's, do you like Trudy's? Um, rest in peace. Oh, did they all close? Uh, that's what I heard. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, uh, they, I, were, they should have charged I, more for the martini. I did. I used to get the mixed plate in college. It kind of had everything. The one on campus? Yeah. That one's closed. 
Yeah. yeah. I, well, you know, college kids. Yeah. And, uh, no, I liked it. I hadn't, I probably have not eaten at Trudy's in close to 20 years. Wow. Well, that's probably the reason why they're shutting I, down. I was going to say, yeah. It's your I mean, fault. Uh, you, you have the power to make people's careers and end people's careers. So, <laughs> so uh, there we go. Yeah. There's, been, there's been so many, you know, Austin uh, establishments just closing, but you know, that's the, we can, uh, you know, all these people, you know, moving here is either a good thing or bad thing, depending on your opinion or both. Yeah. Um, or, and then, but, and then it's becoming less hippie, more hipster, mm-hmm. you know, it could mm-hmm. be whatever your opinion, but then there's also a lot of really good food there is. coming in. And so I think, you know, there's just more good food. So then people are choosing that instead of the old places. I agree. I agree. But you would say that Houston has significantly better food per capita than Austin, right? Oh, that's, you know, it's hard to say. I would say whenever I lived in Houston, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that was yeah, so, a long time ago. I would mm-hmm. say now, I mean, it's hard to drive more than two miles and not in Austin and not find a yeah. great place to eat. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know. Austin may be because it's not nearly as big. Mm, that's right? true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, all right. I got you. I got you. Um, when you did eat fast food, do you have a favorite fast food burger? What a burger. Oh, yeah. What's your order of choice? Oh. <sighs> Depends on how gluttonous I want to be. <laughs> really. I mean, um, well, well, back when I used to see also you were a little heavier when I used to write for McNeil. So what would old Jason get at Whataburger? Monterey milk. Oh my gosh. Yeah. God. It's like the, it's like, what's the highest calorie thing? <laughs> because they have to put those calories. Yeah, on it, exactly. You know? it's oh. Like, oh, fine. I'll do it. And what do you eat now? Cause you're, 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 you're very well. You're put together. You're taken Thank care you. of now. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, you, you, like, I don't go to Whataburger anymore. <laughs> uh, I don't say I don't, but I when I do, I don't get that. Right. You know, <laughs> I'll get I'll get like a number one with, uh-huh. with no cheese or something like that. Oh yeah, because the cheese is what's. And really... I get the grilled onions. I'm a grilled onion guy. Oh, I'm not, a, I'm not an onion fan, so whatever. Um, do you have favorite barbecue? Um, I would say probably Franklin. Yeah, of course. Uh, yes. We just. Uh, our staff, we have a, uh, I guess this would have been our third year uh, doing it. We're during spring break. We, we do a, we do a, we go, we would go to Franklin mm-hmm. in the morning and then we would go hit a couple of breweries around town oh, in the afternoon. Nice. So, so we did that the last two years. Last oh. year we were the first people in line. Wow. I've never met somebody who was the I know. first person in line. It was, uh, I felt like a local celebrity. <laughs> no, really. Uh, it was like, we got there like 6.45 a.m. And you were first? We were first. And the next people showed up at 6.46 yeah, and so we were, th- and then they were filming. Uh, Franklin was having some somebody. I don't know if they were filming a commercial or they were doing promo or no something way. like that. But they had cameras everywhere, and we were first in line. Yeah, and we had our we went straight, you know, yeah, coffee to beer, or whatever. And, of course, yes. And uh, yeah, we had our ice chests and our. That's exciting. Lunches. You are a local celebrity. You, you're the most famous person <laughs> that's ever come into this uh, podcast yeah. studio. Yeah, yeah so. I bet. Wow. So then yesterday um, w- would have been that day. Would have been but, rest yeah, in peace. right. But uh, Chris McCarthy and I, we had decided. We're going to go ahead and do this. But we went to Liberty Barbecue right saw there. That. I yeah. saw the pictures. Thank you for the invite. Was that your house? That That is oh, my. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But that was really... I've heard great things about it. It's right in downtown Round Rock. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I might have to look into that. Um, favorite fried chicken? Do you have one? I love fried chicken. I'm so the only one in my house who likes fried chicken. No way. And Ooh. so... Like like true fried chicken. Sure. Um, and so, I can't... I, I cannot really speak on that because I just go... Like I've been, I've been to Lucy's and it's okay. Yeah, Lucy's is fine. Um, Gus's. I want to go to Gus's. Oh. I have not been to Gus's. Oh, okay, way to go, way to go, Jay. So basically, it's like Golden Chick, Popeyes. I, you know, I I haven't been a Golden Chick in probably twenty years. Uh, Golden Chick. You know, I been in a while Mark either. Kalima would always talk about Golden Chick. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did they have those in Houston? I guess so, right? Um, 
Yeah, but whenever he was at Cedar Ridge. Right, yes. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Back when he was also a little heavier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah he's looking great right now. Yeah. Do you have favorite wings? I do. Yeah, go on. Um, my, if I want wings, mm-hmm. I don't go to a wing establishment. Oh, my God. Okay. I go to Brooklyn Heights Pizzeria at Parmer and Avery Ranch. Wow. It's great. And if you get there for happy hour, half-price wings. Bro- Brooklyn what? Brooklyn Heights Pizzeria. Brooklyn Heights Pizzeria. Parma, wow. Parmer and Avery Ranch. Yes, I, I know exactly that yeah. area. I can picture where it's at. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. That's, mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot about food from you. My favorite is the, the sweet Thai chili. Sweet Thai chili. Okay. Okay. Do you have a favorite vodka? Are you not a vodka uh, guy? I'm not a vodka All right. Guy. Do you have a favorite bourbon? Oh, that's a hard one. That's like picking your favorite child. And, well, you only have one child, so it's not hard. Um, other than the, you know, the Pappy 15 I've had. <laughs> cause I asked, cause Joe Hobbs, he's like, well, you know, one sipping and well, like, well, do you have a favorite sipping bourbon then? Let's, let's, if I'm drinking it. bourbon, I don't mix it really. It's just straight. Um, with, right, a, with a cube it, of ice or a, a oval of ice. It did. De- it depends on the, on the bourbon. Oh. I may, I may put uh, one rock. I may put a splash of water, oh, okay. uh, but I like, um, Gosh, my favorite that I probably have, probably Jefferson Reserve is really, really good. Yeah. Take your word for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and there's some good ryes that are great. Angel's Envy Rye, can't beat that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, anyone, anyone who talks about bourbon, I suggest they talk to my wife. And, if, and you know, Blanton's is, is really good, too. Is it? Yeah. I, that's what I hear. I hear. I, I've told a story where my wife did a bourbon tasting, uh, and they all tasted awful to me. So it's a waste on me. I remember seeing her at Midwest <laughs> and bringing up the Blanton thing, and she was just giving me crap for firing you. She said, maybe, maybe <laughs> oh, I would bring right. you. would have brought you a bottle of it. Yeah. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> this the first time you fired me? No, this was just a couple years ago. Oh, was it? it went, I don't, so at Midwest. You, I mean, you fired me so many times. It's, <laughs> it's a hard. Um, do you drink iced tea? And if so, how do you take it? Sweet or unsweet? I do drink iced tea. Um, I like sweet tea. Some places are a little bit too sweet. Agreed. Like any chicken place. Right. Like bushes, I do have. <laughs> God, have. Yeah. I'm 25% yeah. <laughs> sweet at bushes or like no. chicken express or that no. kind of thing. Wait. Like Rudy's iced tea? I'm not familiar with Rudy's iced tea. It's a barbecue place. I'm not familiar with Rudy's. It's a gas station also and a convenience store. Um, How do you take your coffee? It depends on the coffee. Oh, my God. It does. Uh, Do you drink coffee every morning? uh, Yeah. All right. Do you still make it in the... I mean, I know you have a new office. I'm surprised anyone knows about this unless you're friends with Mike Champagne. Um, But you have a new office. So do you have a a new coffee maker too or do you take like the old one that's... I don't don't have a coffee maker. I don't have a a sink with a a disposable... Oh, you don't have a sink anymore in your office. No, but that's okay because I have have a little setup. So I just have to do pour overs and... Oh, okay. And uh, I have a kettle there. So yeah, but depending on on the coffee, if I have like a lighter, like a Kona... 100% 100% Kona or like a Colombian. I'll do it black. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, a little cream of sugar. Yeah. You're like the most foodie person. I don't know what you mean to ask anymore. I feel like you're judging me for the questions. I'm just like, oh, these are so pedestrian. Ask me my favorite um, duck sauce or something like that. Um, I guess we should talk a little bit about like actual music stuff, but it's so much. I like catching up with you. You're a good guy sometimes. Um, so you started your career at what high school? Uh, Westfield High School. The Westfield High School. The Westfield High School. Now, how long did you teach at the Westfield High School? One year. One year. Now, I'm trying to remember the timeline here because we went over a long time ago. Were you married yet? I was married. Yeah, I got married my last year in college. And your wife was in Houston with you yes. at that time? Yeah. yeah. Okay. She and worked at the Shepherd School of Music. The sh- Oh, geez. She was in the office there. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And so you were there for a year. Was that... What year was that? That was 0203. So again setting up <laughs> a program. Yeah. I've said several times if like 
If you want something really great to happen, uh -huh. like just wait till I leave. Now, did your wife get a job in the Austin area or what was the reason for you leaving Westfield? Uh, she got pregnant with our daughter. Gotcha. And she wanted to, she grew up in Austin. Correct. And so she wanted to be closer to family. Okay. And so then you took a job at where? San Marcos High School. San Marcos High School. And how long were you in San Marcos? One year. One year. One year. Gotcha. And then you made the move to the McNeil Mavericks. Yeah, the plan was actually supposed to be go from Westfield to McNeil. Mm -hmm. But uh, the the guy who I was uh, going to replace ended up staying. Gotcha. Kind of late in the summer. And was Travis Onsley still the head director at that time? Yeah. He, yeah. So... Um, I guess after my, my year at Westfield mm -hmm. is when Travis got the job sure. at McNeil. And mm -hmm. that's when, and so we knew each other from before. And so he was talking right. to me about going there. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So we were talking about this and I'm curious about the differences in culture from a Westfield. Cause at the time, and, and you have to say at the time, they were <clears throat> at, I mean, they, they were, Phil, Doc, Phil Geiger <clears throat> was still there. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and so Westfield was still Westfield, the mm -hmm. one that everyone knew nationally. Um, and then you've gone to San Marcos and you've gone mm -hmm. to McNeil. Uh, what, what are some of the cultural differences between coming from a spring ISD Westfield and now a Round Rock ISD McNeil at that time? Because McNeil is very different now, but. Um, um, I would say, I mean, the kids, the kids at Westfield you know, for longer than they had been alive, there had mm -hmm. just been this, this culture of greatness mm -hmm. there. And so from day one in sixth grade, they just had, um, it was just in, ingrained in them that they were going to be great. And, and then, so I get here and this is kind of before the, uh, <laughs> you know, Austin happened. It, it was like right. Westlake and Leander and Bowie maybe yeah. depending on. Yeah. Um, and, and there was, well, well, gosh, McNeil had gone through five high, five headband directors in five years, so they were they were I guess an, an anomaly. But uh, I just found that I've had to convince my kids that they are capable of being really, really good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, whereas the Westfield kids just sure they were going to, you know, if anything, just try to keep up the tradition that, of the people who created the greatness before him. Right, right. And and at that time, Westfield was prepping for Grand Nationals, right? Did you know? Had they dropped out of UIL? You know, you, you, okay. had, you had an inside, you know, point of view from all that kind of thing. Okay, let's see. How much do I say about that? Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, this was the fall of 02. Mm -hmm. and Which was the infamous... Uh -huh. show which yeah. i think is one of the sparks for why i arranged the way i arranged really? because you had a rapper on the field yeah we did boa 2k2 yes san antonio yeah he was bringing to the president. mike's tradition yeah when you read between the lines word something something yeah, yeah you know who wrote those lyrics these tricks are for kids he that kid no jody Rose. mark hickenbotham our guard director that year rick subel rick subel yeah. that's right <laughs> oh,
I, I contend, I mean, obviously Westfield for the longest time was ahead of its time. Like they did a show that was 10 years ahead of its time. Uh Cause you could do that. I mean, I literally did that type of show with guardians for drum corps. I was like, we're going to do Westfield 2002, but do it as much as we can do it differently. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I saw that show three times. So every time was a little bit different. Right. Cause like at one point the guard did something and then y'all turned the hats backwards, but then it changed. And then at one point the guard chanted, don't stop, get it, get it. And that, I don't know if that made it or like, it went through so many incarnations. That was an awesome. Can we talk about that show for? I know we're sure as much this, as I remember. This that is was a I, long time. This ago. is why I like doing it live because then yeah. we can. Okay, so who went in and go like, "Hey, let's wrap Hindemith." Okay, from what now that happened before I got there because they were talking about that. No, okay, sense. but uh, there was actually a graduated senior mm-hmm. who wrote the whole hip hop section, and that's what I had heard because I was teaching at Bowie. Um, and the BOA forums was a big thing. It was, it was the pre the precursor to Texas bands. And we had one of those kids, his screen name was Horatio Rastapopoulos. And he said, they're doing a rap at Westfield and a kid wrote it. Like that was the extent mm-hmm. of what I had known. So a, a former graduate of Westfield, uh, like he, he sketched out the whole movement and then Mark Higginbotham just arranged yeah. it or what? Um, you know, I don't know exactly how that went, okay. um, as far as, but I know, yeah, the kid wrote it, I, you know, he may have. Uh, done like all the chords and everything, but wow. So I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, you have to ask Philip about that. Sure, um, I, I won't. But okay, okay. Maybe he'll be in a. Uh, I, I, I would love to. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to talk about tonal energy for now. <laughs> <laughs> I would really just talk about Westfield 2002 for uh-huh. an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, so, but with with that show, um, and again, that was my first year teaching, and right. I and I stepped in, and it was a freaking machine going man i like the kids knew more than i did big red rodeo band man (laughs) yeah who were the directors there it was phil geiger and chris bachelor and then me and jason hall was doing percussion rick subel was the guard director where was jody rhodes at the time she was an assistant band director at bamble middle school that's right okay okay gotcha so okay so you walked in they're rapping everywhere right (laughs) well they weren't we you know we hadn't gotten to that part of the show. <laughs> yeah, it took a while. Um, but, you know, I, I, I look back on that show. I, I liked it a lot mm-hmm. because it took fantastic music and it just kind of took it all, all through time and all the different styles. Absolutely. And then when you look at, yeah, the whole the whole hip hop section oh and, when, and, when, and when they created that wedge and there yes. was like the, the dance. Yeah, thing. the B-Boys out there, right? Did y'all end up using B-Boys? Yeah, yeah. Right. So they, they, they you know, this they they did uh, on the announcements on the school announcements. You mm-hmm. know, if you uh, like, if you are a break dancer and you're interested in being in the halftime show, then, <laughs> then please you know go to the band hall after school. Right. And and so there's this group of kids who did, and so they were not band kids. Sure. You know, at, obviously. Right. right. Um, and so, but they thought it was the coolest thing in the world, and we thought it was cool. And so um, they brought their own, they made their own boards and everything. Uh-huh. And then so they, yeah, they came to the contest and everything. And yeah, it was it was neat. It was neat. Like, what, do you, can you get inside the mind? And you said that the decisions were made the spring before you got there, but I don't want to say what were they thinking, but in 2002, what were they thinking? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I was a kid. I don't know. I was, trying, <laughs> I was trying to just, you know, show up to work and make right. sure I wasn't messing things up. Sure. Because, yeah. I mean, that is, people think about Spring 93 and West, you know, all these things, but that is one of the most groundbreaking marching band shows ever. I'm glad to hear someone say that because I was a ref year. Everyone, I'm sure. It, well, it, well, I remember, rest in peace, with Bruce Dinkins at Bowie, and we're watching it, and you could tell on the expression on his face, like, what? Like, But every kid, because we were at BOA Houston, I think, and every kid lost their minds the minute y'all started doing that. Like, I remember my percussionist kids standing up and just like, why are we not doing that? But I can imagine adults were like, why are they doing that? 
you know, maybe it's because I was just so absorbed in like, mm-hmm. I, like I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I could, I, I don't remember um, looking into the audience of any performance that year. I don't even remember like any perspective of mine at a, at mm-hmm. a, at a marching contest. Um, but uh, it, it was a rough year. It was like the first time in ever that we did not make the state Correct. marching uh, contest. Uh-huh. We were alternates yeah. to that, which was a huge deal. Well, I never, that, that was when they were, I, I remember because Bowie went because they changed the areas up. Mm. And um, yeah, Bowie went in 2002 and it was a big deal. Yeah. And I, and I felt just really, really bad mm-hmm. about that. You know, being as a, a part of the staff, you know, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that, uh, cause they, you see, you hate to see kids cry, but it was like after area, that was it. It's like, they, it's like they felt that they let down, right. Yeah. You know, people before them. And so, but they were just, they were so good. All those kids. Um, and then we didn't go to the state marching contest to watch. Well, I guess the next week was the BOA San Antonio. It's hard to remember. I think so. Because I, I think this is how it went. Because it was going to be just, if we had made state, it was going to be a hellish week. And so we, we did the BOA San Antonio. And we felt that was, that was kind of a weekend of redemption yeah. for us because Carmel came down that That's year. That's right. And, and they won. And we no, came out fourth. Because Elderbell was second. I forget who was third. I don't know. The nerds on Texas know. bands will. But we came out fourth place. And, and to be the third highest ranked Texas band when we didn't even make state. Yeah. I mean, that, that felt really good for the kids. Um, and then we get back. And then state marching contest was like a couple days later. And, it was and we rain. didn't make it. And that was when it rained. Yes. The infamous. It, yes, in Waco. Boy. And, and y'all had the most electronics in the world that year, which oh, I'm going to ask you about in a minute. Yeah, because it created a lot of stuff. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Correct. So that would have been good for you anyway if you had gone to state. You're, you're right. But the whole time, like, we, we were just dog tired. And so at school, it's like everybody just lay down and take a nap. And meanwhile, we're just getting updates of, man, it's, it's awful in Waco. Mm. And we're like, thank God we didn't make state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so. That was also the year that y'all had you, you, the pit. The whole thing was like at a forty-five degree angle onto the field, and at mm-hmm. the right, the time, maybe still currently, you couldn't have wires on the field. So there are these urban legends of Phil and Mark Higginbotham scouring Houston to buy up all of the wireless microphone setups. Is there any truth to that, um, or that you remember, or no? I mean, I don't remember that, but you know that that could have happened. What I remember is, I mean, there were wires on the field, but it was all very. We, I guess, we looked at kind of the the intent of the rule mm-hmm. you know so that it's a, a safety yeah thing. of course okay yeah and so they had created a wall yes they did. Um, mm-hmm. um they had a mural on it designed by jaeger lloyd because he was still a student right yeah he was bassoon no yeah bassoon bassoon um but uh beautiful uh, he did such a, he's so talented mm-hmm. um and uh so then we had this 80 foot wall <laughs> that the front ensemble was in was just in front of, mm-hmm. and then we had, there was behind the wall were drum major podiums. And right, that's kind of what right. it's, mm-hmm. so that's where like the, the soloists, yes. the ensemble members would, would go up on. And so everything was all self-contained right there. Cause all that we had this, <laughs> we had this uh, kind of sound cart just filled with car batteries. <laughs> it had to weigh 800 pounds. Oh my gosh. And so that was powering everything. So yeah. everything, and then we had speakers, we had stations, kind of four corners of the speakers. Mm-hmm. And those were, they had power inverters in every one. So everything was contained right there. Wow. But yes, there were wires 
on the field. Mm-hmm. And so, but there, I guess other programs in the recent, I guess recently before that had been given the green light gotcha. on having, it wasn't even having cords. It was having electronics on the field, like, oh. like within the, uh-huh. the perimeters of the field. Mm-hmm. And so there were some who had been given wireless mics. And so I get, it was just, I guess the difference between an ant and a molehill, we had enough power <laughs> on the field to light up a small city. You know? <laughs> right. Gotcha. So. Okay. All right. That, that's, that's cool. Cause in, in, that was a, a really interesting era for Westfield. And, you know, they did that brain show, which mm-hmm. was, again, ahead mm-hmm. of its time. Maybe not as successful. I mean, they got like 10th, I think, at a regional, which was unheard of. But they were still, you know, setting setting standards, you know, breaking mm-hmm. boundaries, so to speak. So you were there for the year where the decision was made to not compete in UIL in 2003, correct? Uh, yes. Is there any part of that that you remember that you could talk about because it's it was it was a big deal i mean it wasn't my decision it, it, I, yes. it, it was it was a big deal i mean i, I guess uh bec- we went to in, in 2002 we went to a region mm-hmm. marching contest and we did our show as is and then um like we were told you know if someone did you know, like appeal or if they did then then we would probably have to find you in violation Oh. Um, and so we had to change everything. Right. So between region and area, we took the front ensemble off of the field, mm-hmm. um, which changed listening, <laughs> listening environments. It, yeah. it just changed, and it just, you know, anyway. Uh, so, um, I don't, I, I don't know. You have to ask Philip. Maybe he was just, you know, upset about it. And, sure. And I'm, you know, they did fine. Yeah, they did. And then they came back. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, oh, Westfield's dropped out of UIL so they can do whatever they want, so to speak, right? But you, know, I, you, you were you were just the just the third. Director, I wasn't right? there at that point. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't there whenever they. Sure, but were you there when they started designing the next year's show? I was there, but I wasn't a part of the, the design team. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I just it just dawned on me that for the for the first time that you were at Westfield in two thousand two. Like mm-hmm. like literally, there's a reason why I decided I want to mix Hindemith with all the the Kanye West stuff at Guardians because. It was 2002 mm-hmm. Westfield. So, all right. So then you went to San Marvelous, yes. S&M, San Mucus. <laughs> okay. um, I'm from, I went to Texas State, so I can talk about the town that way. Um, what, what was your experience like there? You've gone from a nationally known program to a program that maybe isn't as successful. Correct. That's um, the best way to put yeah, it, we'll, Yeah, we, we'll put it that way. Um, and you were the second director there? Yes, I was okay. the second director mm-hmm. there with Charlie Munsell. Uh-huh. Um, and it for me, again, I was young, and mm-hmm. I you know I was very ambitious, you know, um, I think as, as many of us are whenever first getting into the field. You're going to set the world on fire. Yeah. Um, and so to go from Westfield and then to, at the same time, watch the success that they're having, you know, that year. Yeah. And, and, and to be at San, Mar- San Marcos, I'm, it, it, it was tough for me. It was just a culture shock. Sure. Number one, uh, the, the band culture was so different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought San Marcos was something different. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was the university and the outlet malls and, and it's yeah, not. of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, all, I mean, just wonderful families, really, really nice kids wanted to be good. Just, mm-hmm. um, I guess just hadn't, hadn't been led down that path right. for a long time. Yeah. Um, and so it was tough to try to change that. Uh, there, I mean, there were, there were just systemic things, I guess, within the campus that, that weren't 
conducive for, mm-hmm. for total band success. So we had to change some of those things. Uh, we had to change the expectations um, of what the how the kids uh, viewed band, mm-hmm. and so it was just a it was a shock to their system. It was a shock to my system, uh, but it ended up being I loved my, I loved my year at San Marcos. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. It's such great great kids, some great musicians that were in that band program, um, but it I uh, I got to experience. Um, kids not knowing a lot of things and, and just being forced to just show them the, the very basic things right. of, of band, you know, whereas, you know, when I walked into Westfield, I was the <laughs> one who knew the least in the room. Right, right, right. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, we're going to take a pause in talking about serious stuff because we just got real. Okay. No. Hey, um, you introduced me to Morelia's Mexican Grill. That's right. I remember that. I still go to that restaurant. Great. I go to the one in Round Rock though. Because to me, it's closer. Okay. It's on yeah. 35. Basically, yeah. we're... Well, that's where they moved their... I get not their original location, because they're from uh, Elgin, I believe. Oh. Yeah. That's right, because when you drive out to yeah. Houston, there's I'm like, why is there a big Morelia's yeah. out here? But that would make sense. Yeah. Okay. And so they had the one on um, 79. Mm-hmm. That was the, the, their second location. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then uh-huh. they got... Then they exploded. Yeah. And then that place was too small, and then they... Built the, well, they uh, moved into the place right there. Gotcha. I their mole. I love their mole. Yeah, it's great. I, and, I and you know, they say everyone makes mole different, but mm-hmm. that one was my favorite sort of like Mexican restaurant one. So, okay, I, I have a, I have a favorite mole. Do you? Where's it yeah. from? Uh, Los Reyes. It used to be in Cedar Park, and now it's I want to say it's uh, one eight three Anderson Mill ish, maybe McNeil. Okay. All right. Yeah, just... It used to be this little hole in the wall in a in a in a shopping plaza, and I went in there one day. I was like. Light, light beams just coming. Right. Yeah, it was great. Oh. Yeah. Do you know John Yu? Are you familiar with him? I feel like y'all would get along. Mm-mm. Big food people. Yeah. Um, looking over your Facebook likes. <laughs> Here um, we go. You like Van Doren music. Has he ever written for McNeil? No. Oh, that's weird. Um, you like Aspenwood because Carol currently, I say currently because that's not incorrect to say, currently arranges for the um, McNeil band. MJM works. Hey, that's Manny Malnado. Does he, has he ever written for McNeil? He did our sound design. That's a made-up job. Um, hmm. Oh, I got it. I'm, I'm just scrolling down, just looking over to see. I don't see anything for me. I don't remember uh, it coming up in a suggestion. Uh, well, I don't have a, a Facebook page for Montoya Music anymore. Well, then so. I guess that explains it. Does it? Does it really? Do you like Sketchbook? I haven't found Sketchbook Podcast on here. No, but I listened to it. Oh, what's your favorite episode so far? Oh, that's a hard one. They're, they're actually, they are all really, really good. I do like them. I would say that the one that I learned the most was the the Brad Kent one. I, I just, I think that... That one was great. And you know yeah. what's interesting? That's not getting as much play as I knew. I thought that was going to just uh, blow up. Especially the timing when it came out right, yes. right around TMEA. That's why we did it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen to the Brad Kent one. Yes. He's brilliant. Yeah. Did you listen to both of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny that you and Mike Howard share similar opinions about the podcast. No, whenever someone, because you, you mentioned it to someone, you go, it's actually really good. <laughs> and Mike Howard's like, yeah, you know, begrudgingly, it's good. It's like, yes, all right. Thank you for that backhanded compliment <laughs> to both of you. On By the-, the way, those are those are very calculated whenever I press <laughs> send, post. <laughs> He's like, he's going to see this. He's yeah. going to see this. Which is a better movie, Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison? Uh, I mean, some would say they're the same movie, but <laughs> I mean, they're not. I would not. I, I see them as totally different. I agree. I'm going to say uh, I Billy Madison. Really? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. that's, I think I quote Happy Gilmore more. No, I think I quote Billy Madison. Oh, they're both very Don't horrible. make me choose. Jason, why would you make me choose? 
Um, which Italian stereotype movie is your favorite? Godfather. Oh my God. Casino. It's, uh, Goodfellas. Godfather is the greatest movie of all time. The original Godfather? The God, in fact, it's, it's actually at home ready to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. I, I want to watch it with my daughter. I was about to ask, is that your Star Wars? You know, some yeah, people are like, I'm not I really. I can't wait to watch Star Wars with my daughter. Yeah, I, I, really, I really want to. Wow. Wow. Okay. I think it's, it's sing, like the single greatest movie of all time, period. Great. Where does the, the AFI put it? Probably like third or fourth? Uh, I mean, some I people know. say the second one's better. Uh, some people. I th- the the, <laughs> some the things people. that I've seen, uh, like the, I guess the rankings that I've seen, is Godfather number one um, and Godfather part two in the top ten. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I, 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 I'm, you know, you're Italian. I, I've got my favorite Mexican movies, you know, so whatever. I mean, it, it's just a, it's a movie about family. It's that's what it is. It that's is. what it is. I gotcha. I gotcha. So as a Cavalier alum, you, uh, I, I, this is a fun story. You may never remember this, but you, I don't know who you, when Cavaliers were moving on from Saucedo, you said you emailed the the director and recommended me. Do you remember that? I think, I, th- you, I think so. No, lied to me. no, I did. Oh, but you forwarded I, me when he goes, thanks, we got it figured out. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Cause you asked me to do that. I was I like, said, yeah, what's the, what's yeah. the worst that right, could happen? Right. Yeah. You know, I, I may not be writing for that all male. Well, I'm not writing for an all male core anymore. So, oh, well, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'll, you know, if there's a DCI scene, right, it'll right. be great. It'll be great. Um, so you've seen the Cavaliers, you set up the Cavaliers for their dominance and then they fell on some rough times and now they're back. So what do you think about the current state of the Cavaliers and their show designs and all that kind of I stuff love going it. on? Yeah, I love it. I agree. I absolutely love it. I, I just find it's a certain kind of energy you mm-hmm. don't get uh, really from any other performance. Um, and that probably has a lot to do with the all male sure. part of it. Uh, I, I love the way the brass are playing. I just love every part of it. Mm-hmm. I love the design. I, yeah. I think they're doing great. I thought the ballad was awesome this past year. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. It was awesome. Yeah. I totally dug it. Yeah. So um, do you have any uh, rings that maybe people go like, Jason, this one's for you. You know, they, they, you know someone goes because of you or a medal no. or anything like that. No, <laughs> no, no. What were your placements? Like eight, six, four, S- oh, seven, um, four, and then three. Seven, four, three. You were there. Yeah. Yeah. You did set up. You were, you were that and guy. I, and I've talked to people because, you know, for those of us who, who put in those years, because a lot of us started in, in 97 and mm-hmm. aged out in 99. Um, we just kind of went through 98 and 99 thinking, gosh, we were just awful. <laughs> uh, because I, I, I don't know. It was, it was a, it was a new, it was a new uh, brass staff mm-hmm. and, um, and so we aged out. I mean, we were proud of what we did, but it was just rough. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until years later um, that I talked to some of the old brass staff guys. Um, and they were like, man, that 99 horn line, I'm, I don't think I've been more proud of any horn line other than that one. I'm like, really? He said, y'all had no business being as good as y'all. Ended up. I was like, <laughs> thanks. And, and now uh, Richard Saucedo, he, he came to McNeil a couple weeks ago sure. and, and we were talking and he, and he agreed. He's like, yeah, that 99 he said that was that was just a really really talented horn line. I was like, man, great. I mean, I mean, a lot coming from from Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would know. He would know. Um, when you look back at your, we're, we're going to talk more about McNeil. But how long? How many marching band shows have you done at McNeil? Like fourteen, fifteen. This well, uh, this is my sixteenth year. So you've yeah. done sixteen marching band shows, and I'm and I, I would ask this of anybody, but you'll be the first one I'm going to ask. Uh-huh. I'm not going to ask you your favorite show because I think, but what are some moments and memories from shows of the last 16 years that you're always like, I'm always going to remember this thing. I'm always going to remember that thing. Uh, I would say the somnophobia show that you did. Okay. Yeah. That's not, which, which the first thing, if someone goes, what do you remember the most? I'd say the pink bunny. 
<laughs> Saturday morning overture. That's to me the like the one moment in McNeil band history. That oh, maybe I've just put that out of my mind. I don't know. I don't know. Oh gosh, oh, the Pink Bunny. Anyway, that's my number one moment okay. in McNeil. So you remember the Somnophobia show? I mean, we talked to Cool River about that show. Yeah, we did. Oh yeah. my gosh, Cool River. Cool River, man. We were young back then. We were. And Travis didn't have five kids. Six. Six. Oh my god, it was a different time. We were we were we were we were young men. Yeah, I think that was uh, 07 season we did. Yeah, yeah, that was a setup year, wasn't it? No, no, no. Was 2010 the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, because that was a year that you beat Spring and you beat Westfield and you beat like I don't like it. I don't like to put it that way. Oh my god, like, the McNeil band placed higher than those programs. We did. And you were like, I can't believe that we've placed. No, higher than I mean, pro- and that was that was really cool for us. And I know a lot of a lot of students have you know experienced this, but we hadn't. And so we went mm-hmm. to a BOA regional, and it was, you know... It was Conroe, right? It was, yeah, yeah. It was that regional, and um, we we felt really good about the show. Mm-hmm. It, it really was a great show. It was. Uh, Jeff Sperling keeps talk, talked about that. Yeah. He was like, these kids talk about that show. I was like, oh, okay. It was like, it was literally like, what? <laughs> Ten years, <laughs> Ten years yeah. ago. So, but, um, so, so we go, we go to Houston, and... I can't remember like when when we performed in prelims, but like it was. Mm. And I was sitting next was to y'all. Just, it when was they announced so. The it was so hot. It was I mean, it, awful hot that day. And so we're there at the prelims announcement, and we've and our names never been called, and we don't know what to like. We feel like we're in over our heads. Yeah, and so it's you and Jeanette and, uh-huh. and uh, Ian and Travis and me right yeah. there, and and this is how I recall it. So it's like we're characters on a sitcom or something like that. <laughs> so so um, Jeanette is. <clears throat> You know, she's, she's, you know, proud, proud mama and uh-huh. I, and, and I'm doing math in my head. So I, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> that's right. That's so right. I'm listening to the names called out and I'm doing this. They still did ratings back then, didn't they? Uh, I don't because know. Because that's how you could start to figure out like, okay, 12 people got ones. Oh, I, I don't remember that. Okay. It, it, the nerds would correct me, but, but 2010, but I, you, I feel, don't remember. you have your shoe ins, right? Yes. And so, so then, you know, okay, they're taking 10. And this name's called out. This name's called out. And you're like, oh, I didn't have that on my list. Right. And then like, oh gosh, no, no, no. Now there's only like one or two spots left. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden, everyone, like everyone around me, Jeanette, Travis, they start jumping up and down. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh they called us? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so that was, that, that was neat. And then like, you know, Travis did this, he did the, like the, it, like if someone they jumps up out of his seat, he like off the ground and he doesn't yell, but like you could hear him <laughs> yelling inside, and yeah. then like Jeanette just starts crying and everything. So, oh. so it was really it, that, that was the first time we ever made finals in a regional. Yeah, yeah, that was only our second regional ever to go to. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten about because you did somnophobia once. At we the did. Regional, we right? went. We went to. Um, uh, we went to the Arlington. That's right. Regional with that. And it, did, did pretty well. Well enough uh, for first time out. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, uh, we, anyway, so then in 2010 when we made finals, mm-hmm. it was just like, you know, I don't want to say we're happy to be here, but right. whenever it came down to it, and we, we, <laughs> so like, so we had to do, uh, we did the show, we performed finals, and then like we were like, oh, our kids, they don't know what a retreat is. <laughs> so we had to go in the parking lot and we had to teach them how to do a retreat. Right, yeah. And so, gosh, that worked out, I guess. And then once we, when we were, we were, um, when they were doing the announcements, um, I was like, I just don't want to be called first. <laughs> I don't. And then I think they called uh, Westfield first. I think, I think so. so. Yeah. And then they called Spring. I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah. And then that was the, the very, very baby version of Claudia Taylor Johnson. Yes. And, yeah. and, uh, and then they called a seventh. And I was like, okay, I'll right. take it. And of course, 
Jeremy stole our thunder because <laughs> like Vandergriff was the top. Yeah, they came out like third, and they exactly. were one A band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a, that was a wild year. Um, and I, that year, I remember that Bo. Uh, I think I remember talking to Spicer. We were at Paul Pape's house, and he goes, "How do you think State's going to come out? Like area?" And I go, "I know you're going to think I'm a homer, but I think McNeil's going to do it." And he goes, "I think so too." And I was in Portugal, which is how many hours ahead and I'm waiting. I think I'm trying to communicate with you overseas about how it's going. And it's like four in the morning. And then I find like, you make finals. Like, <gasps> and yeah. then it's like, Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, a, that was a cool day. And, and, and a lot of our students, like at the end of their senior year at their banquet, they talk about like their favorite memory in band. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them just talk about that. Right. About uh, actually getting to perform in area finals. Yeah. Uh, even more than the BOA finals. Oh, because um, that's, I mean, it was area D, which has yeah. been good for a, a, right. a while now. And uh, so what, remember what year, how you came out? Were you an alternate that year? No, we were, we were ninth. Uh, Westwood was 10th. We were ninth. That's right. Um, I think um, it was in Round Rock an alternate. That was Round Rock hadn't become Round Rock yet. I, don't um, think. I think they 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 either were in or they were an alternate. Because, were, you were not the first Round Rock ISD band to make a BOA finals. Yes, we were. were. Yeah. So that year, 2010, with mm-hmm. the uh, If I Only Had show, mm-hmm. was the first time a Round Rock school ever made BOA finals. Yes. Wow. Did I know that at the time? Um, I, maybe. I, we know now. I the mean, nerd, the nerds on Texas bands are verifying as we speak. <laughs> well, actually, if you consider blah blah blah, wow, okay, that wasn't the show you said was your favorite. Wow, or not favorite? Do you have a favorite show from your last 15, 16 years, or is um, it the one you just did? <laughs> no, no. I mean, honestly, that one it probably rings most. Um, probably, I guess, just for what it what it did for the program, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was just it was very very creatively done. We were just kind of figuring it out as we went along. Yeah, I, mean, I was teaching choreography. Well, I remember being at my house whenever we were talking about designing the show, uh-huh. and so we kind of came up with that concept. Um, but I'm going to like compliment Daniel real quick. Oh boy, oh, God. No, but <laughs> that never happens on the podcast. But I, I've never, I've never listened to to music where you swear you're listening to this piece of music, but you're actually listening to an entirely different piece of music. Oh, that's right. Cause we, cause we took the, if I only had a brain yeah. and the, what was the opener was like John Adams. Yeah. It was a, a short ride to fast machine. Uh-huh. And like what you did with the Hemiola section in there, yeah. it was, if I only had a brain. That's right. And then the Nessun Dorma, you swear, I mean, harmonically it's Nessun Dorma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I forgot it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Boy, why'd you fire me? <laughs> um, so you're at McNeil now. You were an assistant for how long? 11 years. 11 years. And yeah. you've just, well, I mean, we're going to say it. You've just finished how, what year as a head director at McNeil? I'm in my fifth year. You're in your fifth year, which uh, who knows if we're going back to school. I mean, they canceled star testing. That should tell you what's going to happen. Yeah, we're trying to figure things out. Yeah. Well, anyway, so um, you were 11 years as the assistant, right? But you started running the marching man at what point? Oh, I don't know. Um, there was a there was a time I remember because uh, I did a lot of the just the instruction of um, marching fundamentals, and I just my, my role just you know I guess increased a lot. And uh, there was a point I, I can't I can't remember the year mm-hmm. that Travis just said, "Hey, you want to just like be the marching band director?" I was like, "Okay, right, yeah." Because because Travis marched cadets, yes. So at some point he was current, right? And then at some point you were current, oh, yeah. And then now, now your I'm assistant not. is current, yeah. um, Josh. Yeah. Um, so you, you you made that switch when you became the head director, right? Like at that point, you're like, I'm just going to. I knew um, that the way, the direction I wanted the program to go, mm-hmm. I was going to need someone to run the marching band because I was going to have to just focus on, I guess, bigger picture things. A sure. lot of it. 
um, which I think is pretty standard uh, for, for, mo- yeah. for most programs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we don't have the staffing that other places do, but my first uh, associate director was uh, Ronnie Pruitt. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was so integral to it. Like it, I don't know what I would have done without Ronnie. Mm. That, How long was he there? One year. One year. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And then I leaned on him a lot on whenever he told me he was leaving on who we should get. And he recommended Josh. Because they worked together at Blue Knights, yes. right? At the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Josh is a graduate of Connolly High School. Correct. And Ronnie taught at Connolly. Which is right around the around corner. Around his time, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, now, McNeil currently has how many bands? We have uh, four bands. Four bands. So they all go to UAL, or would they? Yeah. All go to U. Mm-hmm. Does Mike Champagne, the percussionist, do a band? Yes. Because we don't have a percussion director. I was going to say because even when when Ian was there, Ian Smith, who's now at Belton High School, I mean, he had to take a band to UIL. Like he, kn- mm-hmm. it's it's it was w- rare for a Round Rock ISD to have just a percussion person because I think right. Sarah Santa Cruz when she was at Westwood and now Mikey Sheeran they don't do bands at Westwood, correct? Right. And then Steve you know, Rader used to do a band. He used to, but he hasn't for a long and time. Does Rick Rick does it used to or, or I, I think he used to do a band. He used to do a band at Cedar Ridge. Um, and then who's the Stony Point percussionist? Is it still Matt Green? Uh, Matt Green's still on Matt Green, yeah. He's been there yeah. like 45 years. He's been there since the school opened. Does he do a band? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I okay. don't think so. So you're in a situation that is not the same as Vandergrift or Vista Ridge or any Leander school, basically. Like your percussion guy does a band. Correct. Correct. Um, you haven't taught outside of Round Rock ISD. Um, but you in a see, while. <laughs> yes, but you see what the Leander ISDs, the Flugerville ISDs, the Austin ISDs, are there anything that is unique to Round Rock that maybe a lot of people are looking and go like, Cedar Ridge made finals at Grand Nationals, Round Rock's made finals at Grand Nationals, Westwood's gone, it's like, are there any instances like you're, Hey, there are some misconceptions about what we do in Round Rock. I mean, I, th- I think so. Um, again, I just know my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, McNeil's in a... I guess it's it's in a unique situation of, of you know, where we're located. Uh, the size of our program, you know, for a long time, our main feeder was a double C school. So we just didn't, weren't really getting a lot of And that was Deer kids. Park, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. with Deer Park. Um, and, you know, our boundaries have changed quite a bit with, you know, within our attendance zone. And we've never had more than three directors. Right. I can just say that if I had a fourth director, mm-hmm. um that could lighten the load a lot. Now, does Cedar Ridge have four directors? Yes. Westwood, four directors? Yes. Round Rock, four directors? Yes. So you and Stony Point are the only ones with three directors? Yes. Did I miss any other high schools? Is that it? No, that's it. That's for all now. the Round Rock, for, for the now. Round Rock high schools. Yeah. For now. That's right, because I, I feel like when we, I was still writing, you were like, they're building a new one. And that just like, it's been taking forever, right? I uh, has not passed a bond yet. Wow. It's been a, we've talked about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Now, for those who don't know, McNeil is on Palmer lane. It mm-hmm. is located in, it's on McNeil drive about a half a mile. Okay. Off, whatever. Yeah. So it's I mean, in Austin, Texas, it is, it is very close to the Apple campus and is it, really, really close will, they, to the new Apple campus. The new Apple built. campus will be our next door neighbor. That's right. Um, so yeah. So continue about Round Rock IC. So if you had four directors, the load would be lighter. Yeah. Be I mean, easier. I mean, I think just on the surface, you know, like, well, look how many kids they have. Yeah. But you know, there's, there's a lot more than just teaching, you know, for that 90 minutes. Plus, mm-hmm. you know, we have, we do, we take four bands to contest, right. you know, we just feel like it's best. We don't have like those. We basically have two third bands. Oh, they right. meet at the same yeah. time. We take our third band. How did you do that in the old band hall? The old we, facility? We would, we would use the orchestra room. For oh, one. Okay. And so it's just best for us to split instead of having like a 65 or 70 member band, mm-hmm. we have two smaller bands. Yeah. It's better educationally. 
Um, and so each individual for individual musician or for, for their growth, we just feel like that's, that's better. Now, do you do one of those or does Josh do it? Uh, Josh, Josh does it. Oh, so and he is, he's so good. With so Josh bands. and Mike do yeah. the, the yeah. third and fourth bands. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll be out there in rehearsals or whatever. Sure. But, of course. Um, um, but yeah, so we, but you know, we, so we have four bands, uh, you know, another, I'm not going to, I'm not like lobbying for fourth director. I'll take one. Um, <laughs> are you listening? Nolan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, there's so many other responsibilities. So if someone is sick and we have three directors, like, like you, there's so much that just has yeah. to just stop. Like mm-hmm. we, you know, going to a middle school is just kind of out of the question. Um, and just all the other responsibilities and everything. Cause Mike teaches a beginning percussion class right at Deer Park every single day. Yeah. So he, so he has to do all that. So um, if you're friends with Mike Champagne, you know this. Uh, McNeil finally got new facilities. <laughs> when were you supposed to open the new facilities originally? Oh, originally. Yeah. Because there's been like eight iterations of Correct. this. Correct. Um, I want to say it was originally supposed to be done. Um, so the... I want to say our senior class, their freshman year. Okay, so four years ago. Well, about two and a half, three years ago. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, And then they found caves, basically, right? Um, I think they discovered new... I mean, it's no secret that there's caves, you know, in that area. Uh, uh, They discovered, I think, 19 new caves. Oh, good. Um, But I don't think the caves were the issue. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was... It was a... um, It was a confluence of just... So many, so many different reasons for a delay, and you know, worth worth. It's I say it's worth the wait, uh, but there was environmental stuff. Of course, um, there was I guess budgetary stuff. There right. was governmental. I was going to say, because being in Austin and being in Round Rock ISD, is that is that issue? I don't know that that's the issue. Um, the front of the schools in Travis County, the back of the schools in Williamson County. Really? Yeah. No way. It's like I said, it's just this weird. Wow. Yeah. Who thought? Of, who who did they think about that when they built the school? Uh, the land was donated. Gotcha. From um, John J. McNeil. No, oh. there, there was a town of McNeil out there. Oh, Victor yeah. McNeil. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, the, the Robinson family who owns all that land that just sold to Apple. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so, uh, they donated the land. I to see. Guysty. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that makes sense. Um, your old marching band field, what were the, uh, there was something unique about it. I forget. Something unique about our old marching band yeah, field. Yeah, like, I can't remember. Is It was, like, only 70 yards or something? Oh, it was 90 yards. So you, you just you had to stop at the 10s, right? Fives. Fives, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So so Pete could Pete did used to write drill outside of it, and you would Yeah, just, <laughs> like, if we... I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a full-size marching band field now? Uh, we do. Oh, okay. Uh, we have... End zone to end zone and sideline to sideline. Oh, oh, but nothing else. So is the pit on the field or what? Uh, okay. Um, there is a, an, a pavement that is for the front ensemble, but it is only on side one. Oh, wow. So because pit. of the, the environmental Correct. stuff, yeah. like putting something where we would like it in the center is not an option. So is your, is your tower like right on top or is no, it, is it no, it away? is a, it's about a, th- 30, 30 feet away. Okay. So yeah. it's not like the current, the, your old one was like literally right on top of the, right. the marching man field. And no, I mean, I mean, everything that they're doing, they're doing with great quality. That's good. They really are. Um, but we, we're just not going to be able to get that area. So we're just going to have to design that way from now on. Sure. So we didn't know that that wasn't going to be the case whenever we first started designing. So. And so you haven't actually rehearsed there yet. Oh, no, it, no, no. We've done two seasons. The there. field was ready. Just the, the, field was ready. the, the, the march, the, the facilities yeah. were not Correct. until 
over the break, basically? Until, yeah, January. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you haven't even got to experience a full semester in the, in the new oh, facilities. no. Have you even unpacked everything yet? No. Oh, man. Well, you're not going to get to now. Well, I mean, you might. I don't know. Who knows? What are you doing to keep busy in this time of Corona, Jason? That's, you know, that's a tough one. Is this officially spring break We are still? on spring break. Okay, so you are going to have this week off no matter what. Um, I guess. I mean, we have, you know, uh, booster meetings and, and stuff and, and, and conversations mulch. and uh-huh. oh, we, we already did the mulch. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then now, you know, like our, our staff, we did a, like a conference call yesterday on, you know, trying and create a plan. Proper of what we're social do. distancing. Good. Yeah. Um, you know, what do, do you have any, you have any plans you can share or just ideas? Cause I'm sure everyone who's listening is in the same boat. Honestly, I'm, I'm learning. I'm going to, um, uh, I'm gonna watch Jarrett Lemon's uh, rehearsal uh, through Zoom tomorrow morning. Oh, is he doing stuff right now? Yeah, he posted um, yesterday about if you want to jump in on it. Are they and, in in session? This no, week? he's doing it through Zoom. What? He's gonna try and do a rehearsal. Yeah, apparently he's been doing sectionals and everything. But yeah, wow. So I really want to. Yeah, I, I wonder how they deal with the latency and all that I, other that's, stuff. That's really what I want to find out. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So so call me a, a pessimist. Okay, you're a pessimist. Yeah, thank you. There's no way y'all can have rehearsal. Like, I just, I, I, as a composer, yeah, humble brag, who's, who's done Skype sessions, the quality I is know, awful. I know. The latency is bad. The communication, I, I can imagine the frustration of you going like, all right, everyone pull out your horns, let's do concert. I mean, how are you going to do I know. half around the room? I know. Um, the way that I, I guess, realistically seeing it is, it's going to be a lot of just, um, Individual accountability, sure. you know, turning in videos, mm-hmm. and, and maybe you could do small stuff. You could do like masterclass stuff where you're playing for each other. And, yeah, yeah, I would uh, agree with that. But if there's any kind of way that we can rehearse in groups, then man, I want to, I want to figure it out. Do you think UAL is going to be canceled? I mean, I know it is already for a certain time period, but the fact that the UIL release said sports and academic scheduling is going to come first. Um, I think that. Uh, whenever we get back in session, mm-hmm. everything's the whole schedule is going to have to be redone with everything. And so, whatever we have scheduled now is going to, if possible, just be rescheduled. And that's that's my that's my hope is that it doesn't get canceled that we can still right. fit it in. Because I w- I want my students to because we're doing a great program this year, and I just I just want them to go through the process and mm-hmm. feel that accomplishment. And just because this is the hardest program we've done. Well, what is your program? We'll say is is um, we're doing Gumsuckers March. Okay. Uh, Southern Harmony. Oh, all right. There and, we go. And the Overture to School for Scandal. All right. Yeah, you're swinging for the fences because this would be a 6A honor band year. Correct. And I say would be because, call me a pessimist, we're not having honor bands perform at TMEA next year unless they let you record in the fall or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. How would you describe your outlook on life? Um, a realist? I, an I anarchist? Think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> what book no. should I be reading, Jason? Um, here's the thing. Where anyone who thinks this is my opinion, I'm going to go. I don't even really watch Joe Rogan, so I'm going to assume this is the kind of stuff he says, which I don't know. I don't know. Um, he does a pod, it's like yeah. the number one rated yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, if we think that this thing is going to be solved and over with in a few weeks, we're greatly under. Like, I don't think we're going to catch up until the end of the 2021 school year. Wow. Um, because, like, how can you, how, who knows, right? Like, right. as of this moment, and I have no insider information, DCI is still going on. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, as they say, shortened. I think they're going to start it later. I have no inside information. Don't quote me on this. And by the time this releases, mm-hmm. for all we know, either the virus is done or DCI is screwed or something. I don't know. But, like, if you, you, you have all these things in the spring that are going to be delayed into possibly the summer, if there's no summer school, then that offsets kids. Like, I think we're still going to have school in the fall. I still think we're going to have marching band and all that stuff. But 
I just can't imagine that the world will be able to catch up for at least a year. But I don't know. And we're, we're talking about yeah. like, banned. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and you're probably right. You know, and just for what we've experienced in the last week, mm-hmm. a decision made on Thursday seems so naive on Saturday. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can just watch press conferences from a week yeah. ago from what yeah. certain people were saying. It's like, we, we knew better, but it's just like, huh? Oh, okay. You've directly contradicted what you said a week right. ago, but that's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. And, and I was just talking to my brother who is a director at a 6A high school. And he says the ripple effect financially for kids right. that have to pay for band, you know, right. not all, not all band kids pay dues. I think a lot of them do, mm-hmm. but not a lot of them pay as much as we think. And some pay way more. What's that going to be like? And honestly, that's, that's the, that's the part of, um, that I'm, that I'm struggling with the most because right now is when we're planning for next year. Right. And so I don't know, especially with, you know, with a lot of our families, like if they're not making any money right now and who no long, who knows how much longer this is going to mm-hmm. be like this, you know, what can we realistically expect? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just with, uh, with any fundraisers, are people going to have any extra cash or yeah. companies going to be able to help out? I mean, like we just don't know. So planning for next year, honestly, is a little bit scary right now. So it's really weird and interesting because these are people's senior years, right? Mm -hmm. Senior years in high school, senior years in college. Mm -hmm. We have people prepping for graduation, prepping for college. We have kids, student teaching. What, what is that life like right now for both of those types of kids? Um, I guess, you know, we're going to, we're going to find out a lot uh, coming up. And I think I read something where just, just recently the TEA, um, they've, uh, I guess, they're they're exempting, I guess, all of the the state requirements and everything for seniors to to graduate. So uh, as far as like wow. all the testing uh-huh. and everything, so the, the star's done, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. But then there's you know there's some seniors who haven't haven't passed a star, and so they're they're waiving all of that. Wow. So then now I think it's going to be up to um, uh, locally on those requirements on, oh, okay. on, on the district and the schools mm-hmm. to um, say whether or not seniors uh, can graduate. Um, you know, but unfortunately for those for like our seniors, you know, they don't get to finish kind of what we've done. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I, I feel bad, especially for our senior class, just because they've just dealt with all the struggles of construction and, <laughs> and we finally get into the new facility. <laughs> right. And then now like, I don't know. They, they, is, is this your first graduating class as a head director? Uh, no, this is my fifth year. So I've, oh, had, I've okay. had, okay. And, and I, and I had all those kids, you know, for a long of course. time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, and these kids, I, I wonder what universities are going to be looking at, you know, so I understand the TEA has done their thing, but then like, you know, getting into college or, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, if they haven't yet, what does that look like? Uh, so, and then, then there's the, I guess the public school part of it, there's the private school part of it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. So I, you know, everybody's going to need they're going to need people paying tuition. So I, I don't know if they're going to, yeah. So I don't know all of that's like everything is just totally up in the air. But for us, I think, you know, with our senior class, they don't get to get that closure mm-hmm. that everybody else does of, you know, and actually going to see their friends every day yeah. and just getting the full high school and high school band experience. Now the student teachers, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I, I expect them to be able just like with, with high school to get the, I guess their their credits waived mm-hmm. that way. However, the experience yeah. um, of doing the student teaching is actually the most important part of it. So um, um, 
I guess time will tell if there's going to be any, if they're going to get an extension, if they're going to, I, man, I don't even know what that looks like. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy because we were supposed to have a student teacher from UT come mm-hmm. right after spring break. So she hasn't done any of her <laughs> high school stuff. God. Yeah. And so, uh, so I feel really bad for, for all the kids in, uh-huh. in, in that position. Uh, cause I, I, you know, and I have former students from McNeil who are, um, doing their student teaching wow. right now. Um, I have one, uh, Kate Thane, she's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh-huh. she's she was supposed to be at uh, uh, Lander with Robert. Oh, uh, um, who will be coming on the podcast tomorrow? That's well, fantastic. Tomorrow for yeah, for in, us. in this yeah, in, yes. in real world, in our life. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but for any of you people look, uh, looking to hire, <laughs> Kate Thane's amazing trumpet player, uh, blue coat section leader. Just she was a superstar. D- would you say that you also made her career, Jason? She did come from the McNeil band. Um, I'm not gonna say I made her career. I've, I've, I, I think I've been a good influence. What, what shows, uh, McNeil band did she march? Oh my gosh. I forget if it's more than last year. I can't remember the, oh, I, like, we're I, just going to assume all four that. years were Montoya Weber productions. Let's just assume that maybe, or at least it, a Montoya. It, production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that. Um, so you mentioned the dynamic of learning as a student teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, where did you student teach? Do you remember? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, I student taught. Um, at Keeling Junior High and LBJ High School. Oh, here in, here in Austin. Austin. Now, was Travis at LBJ at the time? Travis was, yeah. So it was Don Haynes. It was Don Haynes. Travis Ansele. Yeah. And then I don't know who taught percussion at the time. Um, did they have a percussion teacher? Uh, they didn't have like a, a full-time. Was it a UT yeah. guy like Damon Talley or something like that? <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, Damon had just left. I was uh, BJ Allen okay. was there. Not, it, um, it's been a while. Um, but you had an opportunity to study with what I consider one of the like Mount Rushmore of non-active band directors, Phil Geiger. Mm -hmm. Right. And so your first job is, uh, at what we consider to be one of the greatest programs in history. Mm -hmm. What was it like to have a master teacher be there and work with him and ideally learn from him? Um, it was invaluable actually. Um, I was so green, like, Eddie Green? I, <laughs> no. uh, I, 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 I walked in knowing, I guess, what I knew, but then I walk, and then I step into a rehearsal or a discussion with Philip, and I realize, oh gosh, I don't, I know nothing. <laughs> and so he was, uh, he was really good um, about about kind of. He understood where I was, and so he he just helped me out a lot, whether it was uh, outside of rehearsal or inside of rehearsal. So, so let's say we were uh, we were working with uh, his band or, the, or even the Woodwinds, and so he'd um, he'd have the Met going, and they'd be playing fundamentals, and uh, he and then he would just just walk around and point at kids and look at their posture, look at their armature, mm-hmm. things to notice, um, and then uh, and then kind of and he would help me. I remember looking at a score uh, as I was preparing for UIL, mm-hmm. and then he'd be like, "Hey, uh, what do you see by looking at the score?" And it just looked like Greek to me. I was like, <laughs> "I don't know," because I didn't have the experience of you know why I see these tendencies. This might yeah. be a trap, and, and yeah. um, you know, um, and so he helped me with that. We looked at the PML. You know, what do you know about these pieces? Uh-huh. And so and so he kind of he would train me with that. So he was he was really good. And then whenever he was working with his band and those kids were phenomenal mm-hmm. um he, he would have them playing and then he would just kind of test my ears of what i heard of course you know and and, and all those young teachers you know their ears it's, yeah. it's really really hard to to decipher the stuff but he um i feel like my ears are pretty good and, sure. and i attribute a lot of that to philip showing me where my ears should go uh-huh. and so he would do he would just 
you know, say, well, do you hear this? Listen mm-hmm. to this, listen to this. I was like, oh my gosh, wow. Right. So I think his ears are probably the best that I've ever seen. Wow. So, so he was, how many years had he been teaching at that point? I mean, it, it was, he? Um, yeah. I'm not positive. It was in the, uh, 20-something? So, yeah. so and, and um, many people attribute him to sort of revolutionizing, mm-hmm. at least marching band in Texas, that's for sure, you know, kind of going like, mm-hmm. hey, what if we use electronics, or what if we did, what if we did this? Um, so you're a new teacher, he's a, a veteran teacher, mm-hmm. um, I guess, how was his patience for dealing with somebody green, like you say, of you? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I'm looking back, I, I considered myself at times still a student teacher, mm. And so I probably uh, responded to ways or to things that way. And, sure. And that probably frustrated him because the last thing, whenever you're running a program like that, you need is like another student to, to take care of. Right. And so right. Um, I, I learned pretty quickly. Like, oh, yeah. I like, I have a contract. I'm a director. Like, you know, this is my responsibility too. Sure. So it, it, there was a learning curve for me. Right. So, uh, no, but he would, he would express to me, you know, he's like, I understand, you know, you're, you're a first year teacher mm-hmm. and, uh, I haven't had one in a long time. And he would say, you know, you're doing a really good job. And oh. so to, so to hear, to hear Phil Geiger, uh, say that just yeah. meant a lot. Did Mark Kalima fill your job when he left? <laughs> so, uh, we could talk about Mark Kalima all day. Uh, oh, uh, we don't have enough time for yeah, that one. We yeah, have enough tape, yeah, I think. So, yeah. so, so uh, <laughs> Mark Kalima, okay, at the time, so he had already finished his chemistry degree at UT, <laughs> which we were, we forget all those uh, things, yeah. yeah. So, and we were in, we were in band at UT together. We did not know each other. I did not like him. I did at all. I thought he was annoying. And I tell we talk about this all the time because he was just loud. He was just very loud. Mark way, Kalima loud. The, the way that he played, the way that he acted, the way that he He's laughed. A horn player, right? He's a horn player. Yeah, yeah, and he sat right in front of me. The way he laughed. <laughs> yeah, because he, because he would just play so flipping loud, and then he would do that laugh. And I was like, I was like, who is this guy? Anybody who knows Mark Klima could instantly yeah. hear yeah. what that looks like and sounds right. like. So so then I I did I was never friends with him. I never hung out with him. I had seen him. And then like a few years later, I'm at Westfield. Uh-huh. And then who is like the head marching tech is Mark Kalima because <laughs> he was getting his music degree at the age. At UH. Yeah. Boy. And so uh, I he is one of the greatest teachers I've ever seen. I learned so much, me being the director, him being a tech mm-hmm. by watching him teach. And so we became really good friends then because we were, you know, a year apart in sure. age yeah. or so. He may be a few years younger than me. Um, but we uh, we became great friends and we're still great friends. And so uh, did, when did he take over? When did he maybe a real director Okay, so then he, he actually, his first job was at Bamel Middle School. Right. And okay. then a couple years later, he came over. Did to he follow Jody up to Westfield? I, I, I don't remember the maybe. math. I know he that. worked with Jody. Yeah. Um, Mark Lima, another person who said, hey, Daniel, when I become a head director, will you write my music? And I go, yes. <laughs> and the first year he bought an old Higgy show because that's what he did at Westfield. And then me, him and Rick and Ryan Britton went out to dinner at Saltgrass to talk about writing the show. Next thing I know, he hired Ryan George. So <laughs> anyway, you know, I always, I always go, hey, remember? It? He goes, I commissioned you at Midwest. And I was like, all right, I guess we're kind of kind of equal. I don't know, whatever. Just another round rock person pulling my chain. That's how it goes. You know, you haven't really made it until you fired. Th- there Daniel was a time when you kind of had the whole district, though. I had Stony Point. I had West Westwood. Had uh-huh. MacNeil. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. And Cedar Ridge didn't exist. You're right. There were only four. Yeah, three of the four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One day, when maybe I'll get the fourth one. Yeah, we'll see. Doesn't matter. Hey, so um, Jason, 
for the folks listening to us at home and nowhere else, because they are smart and are socially isolating, please describe in excruciating detail what shoes you are wearing. I am <laughs> I am wearing uh, Birkenstock sandals. <laughs> it is spring break. And, uh, it feels like and, spring. And so it's just whatever at this point. No, I, I, these are, uh, I think they're, they're Arizona uh, is the, I guess the model or whatever you would say, the, the, the okay, design. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, navy blue, mm-hmm. double strap. Oh, like a monk strap. Uh-huh. Yeah. A, yeah. A monk strap Birkenstock. Yeah. And so these are size 43 because I got them in Germany oh, last summer. That's European sizing, yes. right? Oh, 43, <laughs> uh, which is what, a, a 10 or nine and a half in, a, in US? It's, I don't know that they really did the half size. I think thing. it might be a 10. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, because yeah. I think I wear 42 and a third is what, what it translates to. Are you wearing socks with your Birkenstocks, Jason? I am not. You are not. Did you ever do that? Um, I have. Do you remember growing up in the in middle school wearing socks with sandals? And um, Yes. Damien Gonzalez who uh, name checks all the time on this uh-huh. podcast made fun of me because there's a picture of me being in the middle school wearing socks with my like Nike sandals. Right. I remember whenever it was a faux pas and it's like, but you know, people did it and people made fun. Now like it's my, my daughter's like, it's whatever. I'm like, all, all rules are off, man. I know it's crazy. It's awesome. Um, so I asked this question from time to time and you as an experienced teacher now as a veteran, as a mm, gristled old man, um, is there a performer, composer, teacher, educator, etc., out there that we should be listening to? Maybe someone that's not blown up, maybe someone that has, maybe someone local, etc. Someone on the low key, on the download that we need to know about. Okay. Um, I think my guard director, Chris McCarthy. Christopher McCarthy. Christopher McCarthy. From the center of the universe. He's from the center of the universe, Binghamton, New York. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's been with us um, seven. This is his seventh year with us. Okay. Um, wow. And so... You know, he, he was, gosh, he was so young when he got, he was in, in his early so 20s. Him old. Um, so he's, he's barely 30, 31, I think, I know, right now. What was that like? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was uh, still riding for the McNeil band when I was 30. Yeah. And so, you know, our, guard, <laughs> our all right, our guard program was good. You yeah. Know? Jeanette, um, Jeanette left them in, yeah. in good shape. And then he, he came in and uh, he just has this great, great teaching philosophy, great culture. There's mm-hmm. no drama in the guard program. Can you believe that? That doesn't make sense. Wait, yeah. wait. I've never heard the words yeah. no drama in color guard. I know. Like Unless we, it's no more drama, <laughs> color guard, please. No, it's great. And so the kids, they're, they're encouraged to just, uh, just keep pushing themselves and mm-hmm. learn new skills. And, and they're, it's a great atmosphere. And so his success, I think, teaching has, uh, you know, gotten some attention for him. And so he's been um, asked to design uh, shows, uh, a lot of shows in the Austin area, Winter Guard shows, mm-hmm. and uh, some around the country. And so I'm, I think uh, he's going to take off pretty soon. That's awesome. And he is the co-founder, co-director of Origins Color Guard. Yeah. With Jeffrey Sperling, who Correct. is um, also on your design team. Yep. Um, does, Chris is just the color guard choreographer for y'all and, and teacher. He's our color guard director. Color guard director. He's a, yeah. he's a guard director, mm-hmm. and then he will be our drill writer. Oh, he yeah. will be writing drill for yes. the McNeil. And now, does he know that his career is about to blow up because he's designing for the <laughs> McNeil band? He, he needs to prepare for it. Prepare for, for yeah. uh, a Division One drum corps, because that's what happens whenever you write for the McNeil band. You know, that Carol Chambers might actually blow up and do something. Uh, yeah, you she know, might be, She might become successful. Hopefully. Hopefully people know Carol Chambers after working for the McNeil band. Um, so we'll touch on this very, very uh, solid. Softly here, um, Chris is your color guard director. McNeil has achieved 
a great deal of success the last two years, right? Mm-hmm. I think two years is just kind of like, I remember texting you like, oh my God, like mm-hmm. something's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, where are y'all scheduled to go to Dayton this year? Yes. What? Uh, what was that like for you and Chris? Because I'm sure you and Chris had to has, have the conversations before talking to the kids, and then finally it came down, and you have to tell the kids, um, and they're about to do really, really good, probably. I mean, it actually we didn't really have to have time. We didn't have time to have conversations because the way that the the word was coming out, the uh-huh. kids were gonna. We had they, they just. Chris wanted to make sure that he told them before. And so it, the announcement kind of came in the middle of their class period uh, from WGI. And yeah. so um, telling them, especially because the senior class, mm-hmm. I mean, they're just, they, we've gone, this was supposed to be our third year in a row to go. And they're going to, I think, do uh, well again. Because you're fourth and fourth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fourth, in finals. Yes. And so, you know, that's these seniors are the ones who had that experience mm-hmm. and they were the ones leading um, the group now. And so it was just heartbreaking mm-hmm. because that was before the world changed <laughs> as much as it has. And so that was kind of one of the first things yes. to go was WGI. It, it was so, like uh, uh, NBA and WGI within 24 hours. Yeah. It was and, and, crazy. And so um, within minutes, uh, Cliff was with me, and so oh, okay. and yeah. so uh, he checks his phone. I pick. It, we're on the way from the airport, mm-hmm. and he checks his phone and finds out about uh, the NCAA yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. And then a few minutes later, I I find out about WGI, and I'm like, oh gosh. So, um, just the next couple of days, because then they found out WGI canceled the dent and they canceled everything and then tcgc canceled and so these kids all of a sudden their season was over yeah and they've been working so hard and they were wanting to do great great things and um so it's just really hard to see how kids were upset sure and just you know you can't you know you don't know how to console them except for like you know i'm sorry right yeah can you um you don't need to name names if you want to now do you have a quote-unquote program coordinator for your show uh, yes, uh, Jeffrey Sperling. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you have a music arranger, a mm-hmm. drill designer, mm-hmm. color guard choreographer, who is also your color guard teacher, right? Or do you have a different choreographer? He's also our drill writer this year. Oh, okay. Um, who's the drill writer? Oh, you can't mention it? Chris McCarthy. Oh, Chris is writing yeah. the drill. Yeah. You, you had been using Jamie Thompson. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so Chris is going to write drill. Mm-hmm. He's also going to do that. Um, I understand being in the activity, so I, I'm going to, I make my living marching band arranging all that kind of stuff i have said before this whole thing broke that we are living in a dot-com type bubble of marching band. Mm. that if you don't you don't remember the dot-com basically people were investing in companies that didn't have actual worth but they were just investing investing and everyone was spending money like crazy it was like the 80s um and then people realized wait a minute y'all you're not as worth you don't have anything and the dot-com bubble burst all these companies went away i feel like marching bands at that right now or was um, because we're paying so many people to do so much for marching band that didn't exist when you were at Westfield. Heck, it didn't exist when we were at McNeil together. It didn't exist five years ago. You know, you have these program designers, program coordinators, sound engineers, sound designer, whatever. And now we're hitting a point where you may, as a band director, have to make decisions about what is going to be expendable or not expendable. Because when we think about when it was you and Travis and me and Jeanette, like Pete wrote the drill, I wrote the music, and that was it. Right. Ian wrote the book. Yeah. yeah. Jeanette wrote the choreography. Y'all kind of did. And it's so different now. It is. And this virus thing is changing 
the, the whole world mm-hmm. basically. So you just talked about sort of the ripple effect of your community. Like it would seem to me, it would be hard to justify telling your kids we're going to pay. I'm not saying you did this to Jeff $40,000 for a program coordinator, or we're going to pay $25,000 for a drill writer. Like those are the decisions that every band director is going to have mm-hmm. to make. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and I don't want you to, you don't have to say like, yeah, you know, we're going to fire. That's what, you know, but that's the reality that I think marching band people who aren't at the highest levels, because the reality is there are more programs like McNeil. Mm-hmm. There are more programs like Sam Marcus, mm-hmm. like Stony Point. Then there are the Vandergriffs and Claudia Jen, Taylor Johnson. Right. And, and I guess where we are, we don't have that huge staff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that a lot of programs do. Sure. So I guess there's less for us to get rid of. <laughs> yeah. You, so, but I mean, I, that you can look up these things and yeah. people, people pay people to uh-huh. do these things. But there was a time, if Correct. you remember, when the band directors like, oh, okay, we'll do this and we'll do this. And you may not have written the music or the drill, but you know, you coordinated. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But I think that's a huge part of the, just the explosion of success. Agreed. Agreed. Because you, you mentioned it earlier, Austin wasn't Austin. Right. Back then. Right. Know, and so, and I guess, I guess you could maybe tie it to the, I guess the economic boom of Austin. Sure. And, you know, just the, the establishment of, um, people wanting their band programs to be good in the Austin area. Right. And so you have all that going on at the same time. And then you get this influx of amazing teachers yeah. to come in and then they've just created this, they've created this, uh, this monster. Right. It, in that it, it is a monster. It is. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know where we're going with that. Is marching band gotten too big? Too big? Um, I would say it's a lot more difficult for programs who don't have all of those resources to even be in the conversation. I would agree. Like, do you, you haven't gone to BOA San Antonio since when? Actually, no, we've, we've gone. We just haven't competed well at all. But I'd say that the last two bands have been some of our best bands. Right. Yeah. And so let me ask you this question then. And, and if, if it's an uncomfortable question to ask, I apologize. So do you go in with the expectation of making finals when you go to BOA San Antonio? No. No. Um, do you think that BOA San Antonio is unmanageable for other than 20 bands? Maybe unmanageable is the wrong word to use, but... You, unless you're one of 20, maybe even 25 bands. It, 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 and I learned this from, uh, from Gino Cipriani. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it depends on your expectations going in. Right. If you're going in there with thinking that you're going to make finals, um, then, then you better be in a certain place and doing certain things. Sure. But like a, a program like us, that's not why we do it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not like, so, I mean, we don't, we don't talk about that with our kids. Right. We talk about being on the big stage. Yeah. Um, and so we, you know, we did not place very well the last two years. Um, and whenever we, we got back on the buses and, um, <clears throat> or they, they, they found out their results. There was no, there was, there, there was no disappointment that it, because we didn't have that expectation. Gotcha. Right now there. I'm curious about the finances because you're an Austin area band. I mean, mm-hmm. you're in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, so more than likely you compete on Fridays, correct? Uh, yes. And so you have to budget for driving down to San Antonio driving back and then maybe go to a football game. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have to drive back on Saturday to hear results for you may or may not make finals. And when you, when you heard you didn't make finals, do you stay for to watch finals or do you come back? I'll say this, uh, what we've done now, and I hope we get to continue this is I, I didn't, we, we created a new event on Saturday. Is this the Remo cup? 
<laughs> no. Oh, this is- no, no, we created a community event. And so oh. like I knew we weren't going to make finals. I didn't want to spend the thousands of dollars to go play the, you know, to play the charade of, uh-huh. of going down there and just listening. And then, because if you want to watch finals, like you have to pay yes. $11 per kid. To is wa- it $11? Well, it's, I think $5 for, for uh, music for all. And then the Alamo dome charges a $6 fee for every ticket. So it would cost us thousands of dollars just to get them in. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just not worth it. Correct. So we created um, uh, a community event where we'd celebrated just the McNeil band. Oh. And so we did a Dragon Stadium in Round Rock. Uh-huh. And it was uh, without the pressures of a contest, without the time constraints of a halftime, mm-hmm. without the distractions of everything. It was just everyone's here just to celebrate these kids. And then we... Uh, we had about a, about an hour long rehearsal uh-huh. beforehand. Uh, it was the only time, and, and plus, like all the parents who do the pit crew and like are helping with everything, they yes. never get to see the show. That's right. So that's one major reason why we wanted to do it too. We wanted to like that's let those really, parents. That's awesome. Yeah. So they we just they got to go up there, and then it, it was really special. And um, we told the kids, "This is the last time you're going to get to do this show ever." And so, like, and we kind of did like a little senior tribute. So we wow. do. Yeah, how long have you been doing that? This was the first year. Really? That we did it. Did you send your drum majors only back to San Antonio? No. For, oh, I, you, you no, just, I, I told them we weren't coming. So yeah. you just, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Just, so you, and it just, it was a home run. It was like the best decision we've ever made. It was great. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty. It's fantastic. Wow. You're going to let other people piggyback on you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really smart idea because it's, I don't want to say an acknowledgement of the reality of mm-hmm. the competition at San Antonio, but the reality is there's what, 80 bands there? and 84, I believe. 84 yeah. bands. They're only going to take 14. And mm-hmm. the way they do the new thing, I mean, great bands get left out in the shuffle. And so it, it is, it's the, the harsh reality is your odds are more against you of making finals. So this is, this is a really, that's a really awesome idea mm-hmm. that y'all are doing. I don't know how many of the programs do something similar to that. But that's I don't know. I that's kinda, awesome. I kind of it wasn't something that I planned like way in advance. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were halfway through the the season, and I was like, I I want to do something. I don't want to go down there and spend the money and do all that. Yeah. Um, and so we decided to do this, and it, I, I would like to grow it to where it's like um um just to get like let's get all the middle school kids there, mm-hmm. get them excited about. It. Let's maybe. You know, if we can get like our football team to show up to do that, like a McNeil cluster celebration. Yeah, and then we also maybe want to have like tailgating. Yeah, well, I'm all so. so do y'all? Would y'all would still compete Friday at San Antonio, or you're just yeah? Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, that's a really cool idea. That's awesome. Thanks. Everyone's gonna copy it now. They have to call it the Dimicelli, and they do their hand because <laughs> that's what. Everyone... Well, I'll just say it was very successful for us, and it just it 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 uh it was very uplifting. Uh, for our kids and for our parents. And if other programs want to have that, great. But just not at Dragon Stadium on Saturday night because you're going to be doing it is what you're saying. I'm hoping, yeah. You're hoping. That's cool. So um, odd question to ask. So what's next, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, mowing your lawn? Uh, I do need to pasta. do that, but the rain. Yeah, that's true. I need... that's true. My wife still talks about the fact that you made pasta. That's why she wants to. That's really the only reason she wants you to hire me back, <laughs> is so that then I could go to your house and you make pasta for us. Uh, well, we may have time. Y'all just come up. Oh, all right. Is the entry fee a bottle of blends? Uh, <laughs> it would not be turned away. <laughs> God, of course. Get in line. Um, wow. Well, you know, I I lie to everyone and say that they've been a pleasure to have on the podcast, but you know, I think you and Ogechi 
You're my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're supposed to also, we're supposed to be a panel. I think we're going to do a panel one. Maybe we now I got none but time, right? I think we're going to watch, um, it's, it's a black movie, Jason. Okay. Um, it's called Friday. I was going to say, we need to watch Friday. Oh, of I was course. just, I was just talking to Cliff about Friday. Well, we always re- refer to it. All I'm time. sure. Cause Cliff, as we have mentioned, is our black friend. Do you have anything funny you want to end the podcast with Jason? Any funny? Um, no. Johnny Carinos. Is that good? No. No. Better than Olive Garden? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Gun, gun to your head. Fazoli's, Olive Garden, or Johnny Carinos? <laughs> you take the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably Carinos, I guess. <laughs> That's a thrilling endorsement for Johnny Carinos by Jason DiMicelli. <laughs> This episode of Sketchbook Podcast was recorded in Austin, Texas, and was edited and produced by me, Daniel Montoya Jr. Our logo is created by John Suh of Purpose Designs, and our music is provided by Epidemic Sound. If you enjoy Sketchbook, tell a friend about the show or share a link on social media. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns? Email us at sketchbookpodcast at gmail.com. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at SketchbookPod, and join the Sketchbook community on Facebook, at SketchbookPodcast. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Sketchbook Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Thanks for listening.